You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You just wear some tight underwear, here. And DJ Ruscha. You get to call yourself buff all the time. Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. All this travel and plane and priorities have been really getting in the way of our relationship. And we'll talk about uh, all kinds of non-volleyball related things. He dated Irene Kara. Gabrielle Reed. You can call me Gabby if you want. The only thing missing is a mascot head. Oh, sack does sound a lot more funny. <laughs> it's the Net Live right now. But I feel like we fooled the live studio audience. Because if you are watching live on Facebook and you notice what seat I am currently sitting in, and Mark Sherman is here, which usually means that Kevin is not. But, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Net Live. DJ Ruscha, special guest host Mark Sherman sitting in. And our first guest is already in studio, Mark. <laughs> His name is one Kevin Barnett. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since I've been in the volleyball world. I'm glad, I'm glad you could sit in over on the, on this side of the desk, Kevin. I've never sat in this chair. I've sat in that chair before. I've never sat in this chair. Are you worried that the legs are going to spread out and bend like they have when one Rich Lamborn has sat there? <laughs> I've been working on my balls. Seriously. <laughs> I have missed the games train several times, unfortunately. It's all right. It's been chilly outside. And I'm, I'm near me. It's, it's, it's me confusing me. just looking at yourself in mm. the uh, hey, video. That's How you doing? Really funny. You look good even pixelated. Well, Mark Sherman, welcome. Thank you for sitting in for Kevin. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, you're welcome. Good to be here. You know, when, when Kevin's got something going on, just, just let me know and I'll, I'll step in. I'm just back from a, a doctor's appointment and I've got a conference call coming up. So, I, But I heard Sarah Pavin was coming, so I thought, I love me some Sarah Pavin. I need to come to the, the house, to the studio, and make sure that I'm here. So I, f- I felt like we were tricked somehow. <laughs> we, I'd set up everything, sat in this chair. I saw – I didn't see – I saw a figure walk from outside to the door, and I couldn't tell who it was at first. And then you just awkwardly walked into your kitchen. I'm like, huh. And you were wondering why I wasn't covered in sawdust? Yes, correct. <laughs> Speaking of which, before we get into the volleyball world, Kevin, you uh, you had a very interesting weekend outside of said volleyball world. Right, yeah. I went down to Atlanta to Workbench Con. So this is a convention. Con. Did I get it right when I texted you? Because I was trying to make a joke that it was like, but I think I actually called it Workbench Con. Even though I thought I was being funny because I thought it was something else, but yeah. I think I actually, actually called it what, what it was. Called. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually what it was. Yeah. It was a convention for YouTube creators in the DIY space. So this mm-hmm. is for the people doing the work. So it's a, a business building opportunity for them to network and meet each other and exchange ideas and take classes and talk about use of Instagram, YouTube uh, types of videos, how to get started, formulaic things to gain more followers and, and revenue streams. Really interesting stuff. And I've thought for a long time about doing that myself on a limited basis between this show and my other broadcast stuff. And I'll tell you, I came away fired up to do it. So I only got to sit on a one session for 15 minutes because I was bouncing around doing interviews in between my MC duties. Yeah, because you were working. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was brought in by the, the woman who runs it, Kristen Stockdale. She brought me in to MC it, so started out. So I am both Mark and then me. Uh, at this event, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I know what that means. So I'm doing the live, anu- live announcing, live introductions in between the different speakers, and then from the different sessions, pushing people out into the sessions. I only sat in 15 minutes of one session because otherwise, I'm doing interviews with sponsors, interviews with kind of giants in the space, that stuff throughout, and that's the value that I was bringing for her. Not only the live stuff, but also leaving her with 11 months worth of content that they can put out. They can cut it together and say, 
come next year. Or if you're a sponsor, we, here's what sponsors are getting out of it. Here's what it's like to be at WorkbenchCon. So I was doing all of that. But the 15 minutes I sat in on one session, I'm fired up. So if I got fired up in 15 minutes, what if you've been in these sessions for two and a half days and you must be really fired up to get back in your shop and work on your business. And I think it was super productive. Second year of the thing. And I created my position out of thin air because I listened to a couple of big guys in the space. I was painting my master bedroom last year, listening to them. And they said, yeah, WorkbenchCon, we just got back. It was, it was awesome. First year it ever happened. Fantastic. But it needed a live MC. It needed somebody to... They said that? Yeah, they said that on the podcast. No joke. I went, pause, set my roller down. I came into the studio here, 10 minutes. All I knew was Kristen, did not know the last name, and WorkbenchCon. Figured it all out. Found her submission, submission form. I was like, all right. Went back and finished painting. That afternoon, composed an email. Long story short, I told her, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I do for a living. And here's my design Instagram because I keep a separate one, Big Barn Design on Instagram. And here's who I am. Long story short, paid me. I'm there. Uh, it, was, it was really fun. What's funny is she has no idea what I did for two and a half days. She wrote me a check at the end. She has no clue for two and a half days what I did because she's running around running the thing. Yeah. Hopefully you did something. And so, I did. she saw the live stuff I did, but yeah. then I'm off on my own for did, the rest of the time. Did you have a cameraman? Did you record interviews cameraman. like selfie mode on your phone? Okay. No, I had a cameraman. So she gave me a shooter with awesome. a good camera. And we did, we did some great studio sit-downs because they had a little space where you could sit and it looked like a studio. And we kind of moved stuff around so it really looked like a, a setup space for that. Did a bunch of live stuff. I only got one kind of K-walking thing in. I wanted to do more of that. It's just... We couldn't get everybody in the right space. I think next year we'll figure out how to do more of that. You know, what music do you build to? What do you like to wear? Uh, best tool, that kind of stuff. My most surprising use of a material. Fun stuff like that. I think next year we'll have a little more of that viral stuff for her. Cool. Uh, and I think I'll be back next year. So super fun for me to just geek out all weekend and interview people. There's two guys in particular, Bob and Jimmy, who are the podcast I was listening to. Between the two of them, they have 4 million followers. Whoa. Wow. Subscribers to their YouTube channels. Wow. Not even Instagram or anything else added in. Just subscribers to their YouTube. 4 million people. That's an idea of just how big this space is. And if you want to do projects at home, if you are a person who does stuff at home, paint, uh, mild furniture, want to figure out how to build something in your house, watch these people. Jimmy DeResta, Bob Claggett. Go into the DIY space. Go down the rabbit hole. Lots of great information that you don't have to own a shop like mine where I have 15 grand in tools or some stupid thing. I only... I'm not sure I'd be saying that publicly, but... <laughs> what you've furnished since you've started doing the since net I got live, more it's the profits you've gotten. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that's where the profits are going. That's right. Good to know. You guys better work on your revenue, split of <laughs> revenue share for this show. I will so, have... Uh, I am forming a DJ uh, union, union, and they uh, are my representative <laughs> will, one. will be calling you. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, I will look forward to talking to Nicole this afternoon. Correct. So compared to, for people that have been to the ABCA convention, yeah. compared to that, what was the size of this? Oh, much smaller. Got it. So last year was about 180 people. Okay. First time ever, right? Yeah. And this is a, an emerging space. Yeah. This year, they figured, oh, we might get 250. It was over 400. It was almost 450. Oh, nice. Uh, really well attended. Lots of great people, lots of really friendly people. And for me, coming in as an outsider, it's a funny reversal from the volleyball world where I go to volleyball events and people, because of this show over a decade, know me, Yeah. but I don't know them at all. 
So it was the reverse of that where I'm interviewing Jimmy DeResta, who has over 1.5 million followers. Yeah, he's like, who are you, bro? Well, he asked me that early on, but he's one of the reasons I'm there. He liked that story. But then I'm interviewing him, and I threw in a couple of things when we were chatting. And he goes, you really do know a lot, a lot about me. I'm like, well, first of all, Jimmy, I've yes. Been, I've been cyber-stalking you for a year, year and a half now. I said, yeah, man, I'm a fan, plus it's my job. Like, I'm a research guy. Yeah. That's what I do. So, yeah, it, that, that funny reversal is hilarious to deal with when I'm putting it on somebody else versus having it put on me at a volleyball event. Did anybody ask you who, like, how you got the gig and, like, oh, yeah. your background? So when you told them that you played in the Olympics, they're like, oh. I, I don't lead with the Olympics typically. I don't say that usually. You do have a patch on your chest, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does say USA Volleyball on your jacket. I did not wear this. I wore flannel all weekend, <laughs> as per usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't lead with that. I just said I was a professional volleyball player for 10 years. Here's who I am. I, I do build on the side for fun. I'm a wannabe maker. So I did a little bit of that. And then they pointed out to me that when I started the whole thing on Friday or Saturday morning, when I started the whole thing, they said, you missed a real marketing opportunity. You didn't mention your Instagram. So yesterday when we were closing it, yesterday? No, Saturday when we were closing it, I said, a few of you have told me this is a marketing event. I missed a marketing chance. I'll let you know my Instagram. And everybody's like, ah! That's really funny. <laughs> you know, I said, hey, if you want to follow me, it's fine. I don't do what you guys do. I keep it for fun. You guys can follow me if you want. BigBarnDesign.com or BigBarnDesign. Nice. So and now you're at 800,000 followers. I so got 40 more followers. Some- no joke. <laughs> I'm up to 360 now or something. So yeah. Matt, I'm on my way. You did um, super fun though. You did post a photo of the uh, side table that you made for me. Yes, I and reposted. I, I figured yeah. as much because your workbench con friends would be going back and be like, "Oh, what has this guy done?" And then saw that. Smart of you. I've been That's making a lot of cutting boards lately, so I needed something else. <laughs> I had to pull that back from. They're uh, like, "Oh, woodworking, huh? Cutting boards? Yeah, it's real difficult." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was a blast, and uh, I've got a couple of games this week. I have beach volleyball coming up Wednesday. I know you guys are going to talk on College Football Weekly with the guys there. Yep. And then I have college basketball on Saturday. Nice. So. Yeah, coming up on the show momentarily, we'll be talking some beach college volleyball with Rob Sparrow. Underway. Then at ten thirty, it's the Canadian takeover. Yes. One Sarah Pavin coming in. You guys are going to play Cones of Dunshire live on air. I. Anyone can't even feign that I know what that is. Parks and Rec. Oh. Parks and Rec. Mm. I know. Settlers of Catan is one of your go-tos. Would not be a right. show without Kevin referencing something that nobody knows. Somewhere somebody got a laugh out of Cones of Dunshire. Hopefully. Hopefully yeah. that one person. Some, <laughs> some really nerdy person like me. Yep. Hopefully that one person that's <laughs> watching Rob the show. is going to come on and be like, yeah, I know that, by the way, Kevin. He's going to be the one that laughed. That's what we're going to start about. Yeah, Sarah Pavin. I, oh, Sarah Pavin knows what you're talking about, I'm sure. Right? Oh, is she a but, Parks and Rec fan? Uh, Parks and Rec. We'll oh, find sorry, out at right. we'll find out at ten thirty one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they have That'll Parks and Rec. A is it a Canada. Canadian show? Do they get it in Canada? Uh, yeah, they probably uh, named it. No to different. the first question. Yes to the second question. Dan Mickel uh, commented on the chat board. No one laughed. <laughs> 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 well, that is probably not true. People laughed at you. Maybe not with you. Can we mention AVP Media Days? Before? Yes, let's do that. Yeah. I saw you molested Mark. <laughs> I did. It was kind of awkward. I, w- I went on. Felt f- good about it. I went on Friday. I you smiled guys the whole time. <laughs> were both you, you? You guys were both there yesterday. Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, yesterday was a good day to go. There were. Uh, it was chill. It was like everybody was. You know, it's been three days of media day, and those are those are long days because you're getting. What, what did they have? Like seventy. Friday, athletes? Saturday was gnarly. I guess uh, a, a bazillion. A, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
or 66 athletes and us three plus Cameron Irwin. So yeah. uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was are actually we, a really good time. Are we not athletes? Is that what Mark's saying here? Sorry, oh, excuse me. Uh, professional, <laughs> current professional athletes. Look, there are some and have people. Have you seen me walk down a sidewalk? I only sprain my ankle Mark, once in a while. There are some people on Instagram that reference themselves as pro athletes that are not professional athletes. So if they True. can do it, I can do it. Right. I play once a week on the beach. I'm a pro athlete. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Continue. You play once a week on the beach, and then you <laughs> then you get swole the rest of the days. Apparently, the yes. That's all I do is throw kettlebells on the beach. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Media day. What a what was your favorite station, Kevin? Favorite station. You had the Amazon. I, I like video the for main. Amazon. I like. I, no, I didn't do that. The you didn't do that stuff? One. Yeah. No, I didn't go. Oh, you didn't do that. All. They didn't let me up there. Oh, I don't know. That was. I mean, else. neither did I. But I assume. I think what they were shooting up there was vignettes of the players that will probably go between commercial breaks, like when you're coming back from the commercial break mm. or going to the commercial break. Interstitial stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked the main stage where we did some fun stuff with some plexiglass and some drawing and. Cameron and I did a fun thing that nobody else did because you were supposed to bring pictures for the players. You were supposed to bring, like, your first car and something else. So I asked my mom for – I said, Mom, I need, like, four or five photos. I know you have the archive. I'll, I'll pick them up on the way. She says, I left it out for you. Okay, I go by her house on the way. I pick up a manila envelope that's, like, this thick, like an inch and a half thick. And I, op- I, was, I looked in just from the top. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so I, I came up with an idea. I had Josh – and uh, Kelly. Josh Glazebrook. Yeah. Kelly Reed. Kelly Reed, pick out some photos. I hadn't seen anything. Any you, th- you let them choose. I had no idea it was in the envelope. Okay. Oh, wow. They went through, picked out five or six, and then we left that sealed, and then Cameron and I opened it on camera. So I think that'll be a part this year awesome. where she's oh, picking cool. out, and they are not awesome for me. <laughs> but it's awesome for me. <laughs> Which means yeah. they are awesome. Yeah, exactly. Did you do name that tune? Yes. And, and I didn't. You didn't name them? I didn't really react behind me. If they should have. Did they give you all Stevie Wonder songs? I mentioned you. I said, right now, DJ uh, Roche is laughing. Yeah. This is all for him. But then they had the clown jump on me. Nice. Oh, but yeah. But it didn't really clown. bug me. I believe they me will neither. I believe they will uh, pit Mark and I against each other in uh, the name of that tune. So I think Can I had... play also? Can I be like out immediately in the first round? <laughs> well, yeah. You don't even count. <laughs> I think they had 15 songs. They had three sets of five songs. Yes. So they could do different pairings. I think and, they... And they told me they gave, the they same gave me the same as you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see, did. I didn't get to do that. I got oh, okay. I got one song, and then they had the clown jump on me, and then it was And that over. was it? So I'm not in the game, but I did get the first song right. What was it? Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran oh. Duran. Oh, nice. That was the same same set. I got that one, too. Tip, that, obviously, Kelly picked what that What was song. the second obviously. one? In our set? For me, Duran Duran was like the third Oh, okay. One I got set. it first, yeah. The, the second one, I, I was going to guess Stevie Wonder. It may have Just been. period. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> went through my head. Whatever's happening right now with Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. I think that was September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. My mom's go-to, regardless what the song is, is ZZ Top. <laughs> Automatic. Regardless, mom, what, who sings this? ZZ Top. I don't know the name really? of the song. No, but let's keep guessing. <laughs> Waterfalls. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't ZZ matter. ZZ Top, really? Yeah, yep, yep. Stairway to Heaven doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, these guys are waiting for a call. Right. Well, Rob's on my phone currently. Oh, okay. So we had more important things to talk about. Yeah. Wait All right. Well, I'm gonna go do my thing. You guys. Uh, Perfect. Enjoy the show. Thanks for being here, Mark. Thanks for joining, Kevin. I wonder what headset you are you on, Kevin? Stay in. Are you still on, Mark? I'm still All on. All right, sweet. I think I'm still on. Rob Asparrow, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Nice. I have to say uh, the Parks and Rec era was the dark years of TV for me because I had my first kid, so I wasn't part of that. Sorry. Hey, you don't need to apologize for not getting Kevin's TV reference that nobody else gets either. But it's Amy Poehler, and she's funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> I heard, like, I mean, Park and, Parks and Rex has gotten, like, re-upped on Netflix and all kinds of, like, it had a very big cult following without very many seasons from what I understand. I never got into it. Anybody that's anybody I've talked to that has watched Parks and Rec like loves it. Yeah, I've never heard anybody be like, "Oh yeah, I watched it. And it's terrible." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, "Hey man, you watch Game of Thrones, man?" <laughs> if you're not watching Game of Thrones, I'm not sure we can be friends. Right. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you guys gonna watch like a couple seasons leading up to season eight coming out in a few months? So I've already rewatched. Oh boy, all of the episodes. <laughs> I don't know if I can do a that. couple times. You, but see, we rewatched the last season. Uh, in December over the holidays. Okay. Um, there is so many stories. I mean, there is just so much. Like, I am in a full panic that this series is not going to end in a way that Ooh. I am satisfied with because it's yeah. so good. If it doesn't end at least decently well, it could ruin Shut the whole series. The yes, I'm trying not to be that way just because I have so many expectations for the dragon battle that better happen. Um, oh, there's going to be so many good uh, battles. What is, is it seven episodes? Six episodes? Six, but they're all like an hour and a half yeah. long. Or there's, and it uh, took them two hours to come out with a new one. These are going to be I'm, I'm looking incredible. forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Rob, most people are used to hearing you for College Volleyball Weekly Indoor, which is coming up momentarily. But now we have a, another little segment of College Volleyball Weekly the beach edition with you. Yeah, I guess, you know, it just, uh, the way it worked out is covering some matches for volleyballmagazine.com. And uh, it's a big week just because of the, the whole collegiate beach season kicked off. And, you know, Habit UCLA started off real earlier in the week with uh, uh, their first duel against number six Cal Poly. So, you know, I was like, you know what? There's some great players there. I met some of the players at the collegiate beach championships last year. And uh, a few of them were competing, and I and this would be the great matchup to watch. And, and sure enough, it was. I, you know, on paper, it's a 5-0 beatdown by UCLA, but you know, you know, we'll talk about in just a few moments how why they're that good. It, it, it was such a fun duel to watch, um, and seeing Coach Metzger as well as uh, Jenny Johnson Jordan and new volunteer assistant uh, Eileen Pollock was there. So um, it was a it was a great morning. It started at 8 a.m. and they were playing in 40-degree weather. It was freezing. And uh, I don't know how the, the, the girls were able to strip down their well, – I guess strip's not the word to use, but take <laughs> off their jackets and play on the sand there. It was, it was pretty darn cold over there by the Sunset Rec Center. Yeah, it's, uh, I decided to play on Friday morning for the first time in oh, a month and a half dealing with some knee issues, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> get, getting back out there and playing, and I, I didn't realize until the night before – how cold it was that early in the morning. Because I've been getting out of bed at like 9. Like that's more of my rhythm. Like I go to bed late. I get up late. I get out of bed at 7 o'clock to go to the beach and play. And I'm like, what? And you can see your am breath. am I doing? Yeah. And when people well, on. still in your prime years, man. You can't be like that. And people outside of Southern California will call us. I've been called this multiple times. But that I'm soft or mm. a wuss or whatever. And like, sure. But the <laughs> issue is I don't have to play in right. that temperature. I can wait a week or two and it'll be much warmer. So. Suck it, everybody I can else. Work out another way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, well, anyways, the at the uh, Sunset uh, Recreation Center, it was Cal Poly and UCLA, and um, you know they, they started off with the two courts going, and the, the, the fours and fives were, were okay to watch. And what caught my eye were the top, the the, the one through three pairings, and uh, you know I'll, I'll tell you that the UCLA is is pretty deep as far as a team, and they've got solid talent. I mean, you're going into your number ones with the number one pair of the McNamara twins, 
And then you got Sarah Sponsel mm. and Lily Justine at the number twos. And then you've got a good uh, top two. newcomer. They're one freshman. They're one new player, a uh, newcomer. Abby Van Winkle paired up with Zanam Muno. So, um, you know, I sit and watch in the Zanam Muno and Abby Van Winkle match against uh, Kyle Polly's number threes. Their names are escaping me right now. but I believe I'm that would be Macy you. Gordon. And who is yes. she playing with? Her partner. Roscoe? <laughs> yeah. Her partner. <laughs> yeah, she's playing with her partner. <laughs> but, you know, I'll have to say that one of the most exciting defenders to watch play is Zana Buno. Uh Fast feet, great lateral movement, and she – I'm pretty sure she eats raw meat because she is so aggressive <laughs> covering behind the block of Van Winkle. She wouldn't let anything fall. Then she'd pick up a, a great scoop up, and they'd run a transition play. The team would back off the block, and she'd just hammer it. And uh, you know, and she did that multiple times. Just a, a never say die defense mentality. And Abby Van Winkle, as a freshman, stepped in and, and ran it like a veteran would on the court. You know, obviously there's some areas that, that she she could develop in, but she is playing really well. A really good compliment to uh, Zana Muno. Rob, I saw Maybe. some footage online, and obviously I wasn't there, but I saw a lot of pull on the block but on very tight sets which confused me so yeah do you think those are just younger players not knowing enough yet or that was predetermined beforehand i'm going to pull anyways because just the other teams were able just to tee off with nobody up there on a 50 50 ball my guess is they that was their game plan going in and it was a bad plan because it they took advantage of those opportunities and there's no block up i mean yep. there are some really big swings especially you got Hitters like uh, you know, Chrissy Jones, a transfer from Washington Indoor, is now playing Beach at Cal Poly at their number two spot. And she was just letting it rip. And I mean, I felt bad for teams that pulled off the block and, and you know, just gave her a chance to swing away because she was thumping the sand every time. I wonder if being a, a younger volleyball player, um, even, even before the college ranks and then starting to learn, is, it, is blocking one of the more difficult skills to really do well? Uh, you can learn how to hit and hit a tight set and get up there and bang, you know, relatively early on. But then if if that's going to be above the level of, of what the blocking is, maybe that's just that they have a better, you know, let's set them tight because more times than not, they're going to be able to put that away and the block's not going to be good enough to stop it. Well, think about like the best, best blockers in the world professionally or on the beach are averaging like one and a half blocks right. a game. Now, that's a straight down stuff. Now, that doesn't mean they're not making the offensive hitter hit around them or over them because, uh-huh. or else they would get a stuff. So, but every, but everybody you talk to, it is. It's a extremely difficult skill, right? There's footwork, there's timing, your hands. I mean, it's definitely can't be easy. This, I just, is, a, this is going to be a great thing to ask one of the best professional absolutely, in the world yeah. in about four minutes. It, 100%. Good call. <laughs> Good call, Mark. Good segue. Good thing you're here well, today. It's like a good segue into the Team Canada show, right? Yeah. The McNamara's and the Sarah. So, yep. uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the blocking. So, the number one pair is of Cal Poly, which was uh, um, Tori Van Winden, who's, I believe, listed as 6'3 or 6'4, and Emily Sunny, who is right around 6'6, six 6'1. Six they split blocks, but, you know, seeing the McNamara's, who both stand at a towering 5'9, Jeremy hmm. Rochet height. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, man. I'm taller than that, Rob. Not by a lot, but I am definitely taller than 5'9. Jeremy's been working out, Rob. He's taller. Yeah, way taller. Team yeah. Fletch, 5'11 with a do. <laughs> yeah, if I spike my hair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is a thing with uh, 
uh, Nicole, and I figured out the secret and figured who they are out, which on the court, which is great. <laughs> I, can, I can do this now. One's lefty, um, one's righty, right? Without, yeah, without the numbers, yeah. <laughs> um, she was going, she actually blocked Van Winden three consecutive times. Wow. Uh, there were soft blocks, but her reading, her natural ability just to, to and her knowledge of the game got, was able to give her that extra touch so they could run a play and transition. So I was like, gosh, six, three, six, four. Tori Van Winnen's reaching high, and she's getting touches, and they're able to, to get solid, solid offensive plays off that. So there is really uh, – it's interesting to see how well the McNamara's play together and how well they communicate, uh, uh, and just the way that they are able to to figure out how to beat uh, Tori Van Winnen and, and Emily Sunny. Yeah, when you look at this UCLA roster, the defending national champions, and as you mentioned, Rob, Abby Van Winkle, the only player on the squad who – who's a freshman who wasn't there last year, this is a really strong team right off the bat. And uh, they, they played Cal Poly in their first one, and they went out to Hawaii for the uh, Kahanamoku Beach Classic, had four matches against Stanford, St. Mary's, Hawaii, and Pepperdine, and combined in those four duels, 19-1 and one in the matches, which means yeah. an overall first week of 20 four and one and that includes sweeps against a pretty strong Cal Poly team, Hawaii and a four to one win over Pepperdine. So this squad is is making a pretty good statement in the first week. Like we are we're still here everybody and we're definitely the <laughs> yeah. ones to beat. Yeah. No doubt. And what, what some people may not have recognized was the McNamara's didn't even play the day one against Stanford and St. Mary's. They moved everyone up one slot and then they brought uh Lindsay Sparks and Maddie Yeomans in to play the five spot. And they both won their matches. So, you know, not only is UCLA good, they are stinking deep. Amazing. Um, What's up with Canada taking over UCLA? Uh, I mean, you have Gemma playing the middle <laughs> indoor, and we have a Canadian in the studio right now, and the Twins on UCLA is uh, traveling to recruit, huh? <laughs> well, there are a few Canadians even on the USC roster, I noticed, too. Which, nah, that's good. You know, they come in at number two preseason-wise, and – they kick off the season this this Wednesday against Loyola Marymount at, I believe it's 12, and then UCLA, which is a big one at 3 p.m. So if, if you guys can make it down to those those uh, duels, it's going to be worth worth the travel in L.A. for. At, at USC, correct? Yes. I would love to go to that game at USC, Rob, except that it's at 3 o'clock, which means I would have to leave directly to UCLA for the UCLA Pepperdine men's volleyball match. And if you can get me a helicopter to fly over the traffic, I will gladly do that. Because it's probably only like 12 miles. Let me call take you an hour. He's down by Two. me right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, Canadians like coming to L.A. then. USC, UCLA, or sometimes they like going to Nebraska, where <laughs> it's colder than L.A., but it's probably Ooh. warmer than where they grew up. Correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of, um, hey, Rob, have you met Sarah yep. Pavin? Do you know, do you know Sarah, Rob? I, I know her from a distance okay. from uh, working some events and <laughs> covering some of the events as well. But volleyballmag.com has me texted me on my, my uh, phone. <laughs> well, Sarah nice. is now in studio with us. Uh, Sarah, one of, the, one of the, the best college players this country has ever seen out of the University of Nebraska, played for, uh, for a few seasons there, 04 to 07, a uh, four-time first-team All-American, one of only, what was it, five people have done that? Carrie's done it. Logan Tom has done it. It's not a lot of people, that's Beverly for sure. Beverly Odin and somebody from Megan Penn Hodge. State. Megan Hodge. Thank Ooh, you nice. Um, <clears throat> Sarah Pavin, the ABCA Player of the Year in 2016. 
Same year, Nebraska won the national championship. And then uh, after college, Sarah became a pro indoor player, um, playing all over the world. At the same time as being a professional beach volleyball player, she's got three FIBB gold medals, uh, represented Canada in the Olympics in 2016, and very happy to have Sarah Pavin in studio. What's up, Sarah? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Before we get to that, Rob, we'll talk to you again in a half hour. All right, I'll call you back. Okay, bye. I was actually going to. No, uh, that's right. no yeah, he's, he's dead gone. To me that's now. fine. That's fine. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'll save it. Uh, you just got off the beach, yes, sir? I did. Sorry. Nope. It was actually nice Gross. because I saw her walk in and on. So we're on a camera right there, just so you know. I could see her right behind your shoulder, like dusting the sand off. I was like, oh, she's very polite. That's very yeah. nice oh of her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yep, you could definitely see me doing that. Yep. <laughs> I realized as I was walking in that I was covered. So I was like, I it's would fine. lose it if somebody walked into my house like that. So. Kevin has. She would. <laughs> Actually, you know that. Yes, <laughs> because Mark has come into your house, Sandy, and you let him know not to do no, that ever again. No, he hasn't because he knows the rules. <laughs> right. No, the first time I walked in, it's you walk in on one level and you go up the stairs. Yeah. And I still had my shoes or flip-flops or whatever I was wearing. And Adam, Sarah's husband, was like, Yay. Yeah, I take the shoes off. We're Canadian. <laughs> yeah. We take our shoes yeah. off when we go in, into any house. Well, I, t- I totally get it. I mean, I feel yeah. like most of the world outside the U.S. does that, like a lot of places I've been internationally. Like, well, I peeked in to see if you guys were wearing shoes because I was going to leave them at the front door. And then you, but you were wearing you, them, so. Yeah, but as a guest, Sarah, you should take your shoes. I actually <laughs> thought about it. But so whatever you, f- shoes, whatever so you feel good. comfortable in, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, it's not our house, so what do we care? Yeah. <laughs> You're not cleaning it. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's a Roomba around here somewhere. <laughs> Rolling around. How's uh how's uh preseason or what, what is it, are we still in off season? No, we're going now. It's got to be preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's preseason. Yeah. Um, it's good. Mel came out a couple weeks ago. Your partner, um, Melissa Umania Paredes. Yes, great accent. My favorite name to say. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just starting to get into like competitive practices and stuff, and still got quite a ways to go. We got a couple months before our first event, so. It's been nice to actually have a full preseason for yeah, the first time ever. This preseason offseason thing is is brand new to you. You yeah. played during this time you would normally be playing an indoor mm-hmm. professional season and then last year in Italy was your final or for now your final uh professional <laughs> indoor season. It was about a what did you play about a half season or yeah. was it? okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then this year your first full offseason in how many years? Maybe since twenty five since I was <laughs> since, since I was twelve <laughs> yeah was exactly yeah yeah how's yeah. that been um I keep saying that I hated it okay um because you know when you just don't stop then you just never get out of shape mm-hmm. so you just feel good all the time if you don't think about it and then so this year I actually took time off went on vacation went home for Christmas and then like coming back. I felt really out of shape, and I was like, "This is absolutely the worst thing ever." I'm never taking an off season. Why does again. anybody take an off season, idiots? Yeah. yeah. So, jury's out on that. Okay. We'll see. People are telling me it was a good thing. But dur- during the off season, was it a good thing? Did you have a good time? Yeah. Were you itching to get back? Or was I mean, it, like- it was my first Christmas at home since college. Wow! Wow! So that was fun. Got to go to Banff on vacation with some friends. So, like, there were definitely some, some good parts. The pain afterward, worth it? I don't know. <laughs> not, not sure yet. Not sure. How, how long have you been back playing now? Um, I started mid-January. So, like, okay. a month and a About bit. a month. Mm-hmm. Is that terrible 
preseason pain gone, or is yeah. it still lingering? Okay, good. It but takes that, a couple of weeks to get the legs back, and then. But your off season probably wouldn't have been as long if there was the Fort Lauderdale event. Is that correct? Would True. you have changed your training going into that? I, yeah, yeah, I probably would have started gotcha. sooner. So Fort Lauderdale was scheduled for the first of first week of February, I believe, sure. and then it was canceled first week of December. Had you, yeah. were you like about to get back on the beach and then it was canceled and you delayed another month or how, so how did that So I like kind of was maintaining. So okay. after, Vegas was our last tournament. Um, Mel went home to Toronto to visit family and like regenerate. And so I live here. So I was like maintaining, still training with some girls that were playing the two and three stars just to like stay in shape. Um, and then December hit and I heard it was over. And I was like, oh, well. I can just take a right Off-season time. Right? Yeah. So I was like going to the gym and stuff, but I okay. stopped going and training on the sand. One thing you did in the off-season that I found really awesome was you uh, – it was a volunteer trip, and I can't – what was the name of the organization again? Oh, Right to Play. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that? Because that was in – sounded like an amazing, difficult, but also very re- rewarding experience. Yeah. So Right to Play is an international organization – um, that goes into underprivileged communities um, in North America and around the world and basically teaches kids life lessons through play. And so in Canada, we have a ton of First Nations indigenous communities that don't have access to a lot of things that we take for granted every day. So the kids at this community, it's up by Hudson's Bay, which check out a map. It's way the heck up there. (laughs) Um, I know none of you know where Hudson's Bay is, but... um, And what time of the year did you do this? I did it in January. So it's way up there. It's probably cold. A little cooler than it has been here. Right. Okay. Um... It was negative fifty. Oh <laughs> my gosh! My face was. I would burning. ask Celsius how do you, or Fahrenheit, but I don't think it matters at that. How point. do you? What kind of? Do they make clothing for that? That is ridiculous. So I'd have like my tights on, sweatpants, athletic socks, boot socks, boots, and then like sweat top. Fur hood, yeah. scarf around the face. Yeah. And that was to go to sleep. Correct. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would have worn my entire ski yeah. snowboarding outfit plus other layers of clothing if it was you negative guys, it was 50. It was a 10-minute walk from <sighs> where I was staying to the to the school. And I feel like that, like no that kind joke. of air hurts your lungs, like breathing that in. Like that cold I'm not hurts. kidding you. Just the strip around my eyes was open to the air, and I thought I got frostbite every time I stepped outside. Nope. One day, the gym door was open to, like, let the kids in for night program, and so, like, so they could sneak in the door, and I went to, like, close it when the night was over, and I grabbed the handle, and my hand stuck to the door because oh. it was just so cold. I would have been wearing Stafford Slick goggles for my 10-minute walk. <laughs> just just in case anybody's wondering, I would have no problems with how it looked. Oh, my gosh. I needed some of those. Mm. But, um, yeah, these little kids, they, like, reached out to write to play, and they wanted to learn how to play volleyball. And I guess I'm – I think I'm the only ambassador with them that, that plays volleyball. Mm-hmm. So they sent me up there, and I just ran clinics for all the little kids in the community for a week. And, and they knew nothing they were, about volleyball, right? Like their parents play, mm. and but like there's nothing for them to do. Okay. So we just like taught them the skills, taught them some games, and just to see their evolution. Like they wouldn't 
even look me in the eye when I first got there. Mm. Like they couldn't even bring themselves to tell me their name. Interesting. Wow. Because as as far as like shyness or just, just shyness, yeah. they're not exposed to a lot of like white people. Yeah. And I'm yeah, an outsider. How, how yeah. removed are we talking? Like how? It's a fly-in community, so there's no roads. Um, the only way to get to the community is to fly in. Wow. Um, it's and probably 600 people live there and yeah. So you're prob- probably not flying in on American United. Delta. We're <laughs> talking Canada. like yeah. a 15 passenger plane. Wow. I had my coat on. In Where the you <laughs> have to pull the string to get the propeller going. That kind <laughs> of airplane. Yeah. Pretty much. It was kind of scary. crazy. How'd you get involved with that organization? Um, I reached out to them actually. I was really passionate about what they were doing and, um, you know, I'm always looking for ways to give back. And so I reached out and said, if they ever need somebody to do anything that I'd be more than happy to do that. And so they called me up and they're like, we're going to need you to get on a prop plane. It's going to be negative 50. Yeah, they're like, are thanks, you comfortable thanks for doing volunteering. It? Yeah. Are you comfortable doing this? I was like, well, we'll give it a try. By the yeah. way, if you say no. We're going to probably write an article. Correct. Yes. uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm really glad I did it. It was very eye-opening. Awesome. It was a cool experience. Nice. That's amazing. That's what you get in the off-season. You get to go. Yeah. Yeah. You get to get frostbite. Um, (laughs) No, but that's that's seriously cool. We talked a little bit about it earlier, and it just sounds like, I mean, that's a life-changing experience for those kids and uh, probably a life-changing, eye-opening one. For you too, so that's. I feel very fortunate that I got to do it. Awesome, it was cool, amazing. Um, so what? So I want to talk about the difference between what your life looks like right now that you did have an off season and that you're playing compared to what it would be if you're getting into the you know the later stages of a pro indoor season in I don't know you pick a country where you played in Italy you played in China, China Brazil and Korea and Korea mm-hmm. okay so where would you be if you were still indoor pro right now what would what would your life look like what month is it is <laughs> <end of> February. <laughs> that sounds sure that sounds yeah. right yep that, that's actually what the thought process would be what day is it um, okay yeah we'd probably be finishing up a regular season practicing a couple times a day and yeah basically trying to either solidify a spot in the i'm gonna say at the top of the league or you know fighting for a playoff spot um yeah Probably not finishing up there until April. Okay. And what is the what is your what does your week look like at this time of the year? Is it a practice every single day? Does it depend on where you're playing in the world? Because I know like Korea is a pretty yeah. intense like practice. It definitely depends right? where you're playing in the world and what like if you're playing Champions League or if you're playing European Cup or something. Um, if you're in China, you're practicing twice a day every day with a couple matches per week if you're in italy and you're just playing the league you'll play on sundays mondays off and then you'll do a couple practices a day probably tuesday through friday and then one practice saturday okay um how is it on the body like is that i mean you take incredible care of yourself and you've always been in pretty good yeah. health but like is that hard on you ever have knee pain shoulder like there's is there joint issues like yes to all of the above <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will probably say that i knock on wood am the exception like i never had pain or problems or anything and i just like once i get to where i'm going and i know what my job is i don't really let anything else come into my head wow so 
yeah, 20 some odd years without an off season, it just got to the point that it's just like, you don't think about it. Like, this is my life. This is my job. I'm going to do it as well as I can. Um, Luckily, injuries didn't come into it, but indoors definitely harder on the body. Um, The pounding on the joints um, with the jumping, just the the way you swing on the ball is much more whippy and harder on the shoulder. Um, So I'm definitely noticing that my body is just like feels great. Amazing. <laughs> it's like I'm on vacation. After yeah. the after the two weeks of getting the legs back and now it's okay. This, this beach is... thing is so easy. Yeah. 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 I'm like, hey, I'll play forever. Yeah. So you're at the end of a regular season looking to make a playoff run. What time of year would you normally get back from your indoor season and start playing beach again? So when I started playing beach more seriously, I would take contracts in Asia okay. just because the seasons are shorter. So I would get back at the end of January. Oh, I got gotcha. Ish, yeah. Okay. Um, if I played in Europe, then you're looking end of April, early May. Wow. So the first year I played beach, I was playing in Brazil, and I didn't get back until the very, very end of April. And when did it start? When would the indoor season start for you? September. So September to beginning of May-ish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, China, Korea, leagues like that, they like work you really, really hard, but it's half the length Got of it. time. So if I was in China, I probably would have been back by now starting to train anyways. Okay. But yeah, and wh- having a few months is definitely a luxury. Amazing. Yeah. And what does yours, so you've been back for about a month now, what does uh, a week in the life of Sarah look like for beach volleyball wise? Yeah. Like are you, are you every day on the beach in the morning? Do you have a, a workout, a very specific workout beach training schedule? Yeah. So okay. right now we're doing four or five days a week. We're kind of alternating one week, four days, one week, five on the sand um, for a couple hours. And then right now I'm in the gym six days a week. Um, three days is like a heavy lift. One day is PT, which is basically a workout, and then a couple days of just, like, shoulder exercises. Okay. Conditioning three of those days as well. And then weekends, well, Sunday off. So. Are we friends enough in the United States? Are you allowed to use the USA gym, or do you have to uh, <laughs> go somewhere else? Just curious. Yeah, uh, no. I feel <laughs> like I know the answer to this. If we're like, <laughs> or if we're like, yeah, you can come use our gym, but... Here's all the old equipment, so you can't work out too hard and not get too good. I just don't know how that all how that all works. Oh, there is no way they're letting us work. Okay, out just there. just I was just I actually did not know I wasn't a setup. You I know that would be curious. nice because I peek on everybody's Instagram their story. Yes, it looks like a pretty nice gym. I'm pretty jealous, but no, Mel and I are scrubbing it. Okay. Um, finding our own. You're with me at like 24-hour fitness and stuff with, you know, all the meatheads. Yeah, I get it. I see how it is. Waiting for the waiting for the squat rack. Just how, in line. Yeah. yeah. Three squat racks. They're never, it's never available uh-uh. ever. Yeah. You One out just of, pause your workout for 15 minutes. Pretty much. Wait for the squat rack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I feel like the international volleyball community should open like an international player gym somewhere in the South. Well, Bay. a lot of I mean, you live here now, but before yeah. that, you were coming here in the off season and training on the Southern California beaches. And you're not. I know there's Sam and Sam were also here, or were here training, and other international teams come. Norman and Schechter. Yeah, yeah, all train internationally. So maybe we should just open one. Mark. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, go. see everybody. Yeah, we're gonna, we, we uh, have a business yeah, plan business to, uh, plan after execute. this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so 
All right, you and Mel, this is 2019, I believe. Yeah, okay. So you're sure. a, you're yeah. and a, you're and a half to the Olympics. What month is this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Honestly, though. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. So one major tournament got canceled, Fort mm-hmm. Lauderdale. How many five stars are there this year? Three. There's gonna be plus Rome. Three plus World Championships. Okay. What's your wait? Was that Rome? No, that's so Rome, Rome is doubling as the World Tour final, World but Tour apparently finals. it's Never just mind. gonna be a normal tournament. Oh, really? Yeah, they're oh. just calling it World Tour Final because it's technically like the end of the 2019 season, but it's nothing like same points, okay. prize money. It's basically full a five field. Summer. Yeah, uh, gotcha. And the World Tour Finals in the past few years has been an invite, like 10 like or top teams. ten teams top in the 10, world, yeah. like way more prize money. Gotcha. No points. So, do you like it better that there are points involved since there's sort of less five stars, or mm. no, we'll we'll take the uh, we'll take the double prize pool or money, double money pool. Um, I kind of like the exclusivity of the World Tour Final, how it, how it was, um, just rewarding the teams that have performed well all season long, um, because to make it, there does require some level of consistency over the season. Um, so I did really, really like that. And it was kind of like, not like a no pressure tournament, but just kind of like, congratulations on a great season, like compete and like there's no points fun. on the line you don't have to worry about the points so maybe no pressure in that sense but at the same time like you're playing the top make, teams in the world and i can make a lot yeah. of money right now yeah 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 so i i really liked that system um i thought it was a lot of fun um i mean we are gonna get a, a lot of tournaments in there are even though there's not a lot of five stars there are quite a few four stars so okay. we're gonna get the competition in so i'm kind of sad but it's okay <laughs> oh. i mean how much of a say do i really have right <laughs> Well, and right now the FIVB season ends in September. Yeah. Right, like the main tournaments at that point. I think Rome is the week after Chicago AVP. Yeah. Yeah. So that's early September then. Mm-hmm. They'll probably add some more, like they did last year for like the 2020 season. But. I tell all my friends that ask me this: take a screenshot of the FIVB schedule right now, and then we'll talk again in September, and it's not going to look even like it is to, yeah. to today. Yeah. Yeah. So. Makes planning pretty tough. For sure. But. I wanted, you know, I wanted to plan ahead. Wanted to, you know, like book my flight to China, get on it. But I'm like, you know what? Maybe it'll be canceled. <laughs> so maybe I don't have to go to China. Yeah, I'm gonna hold off on that and just see. Got it. What tournaments are actually gonna happen Got it. before I, I commit? Yeah. And do you? Uh, this is a question I actually, I really have no idea the answer to. Are you <laughs> potentially gonna play some AVPs this year? What, how's that looking? I know there's. You know what, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> It's Moving also to be, to be determined. Uh, so. Is it up to yeah. me? I don't know. Word on the street is that if you are a green card holder, no matter what okay. country you represent internationally, you can play. Now, that changed last year. So I'm just kind of waiting. But that changed with the changed. implementation of the the USA the fee that went yeah. into it, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard that the they fee They couldn't afford you guys because of Mark and I, our, our fee for the tournaments. <laughs> You know, we could have you here, but... Uh, we wouldn't have an MC or music, right. so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are definitely worth more bring the show. I to the disagree, so. but that's... Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna right, bring, this is the section I'm gonna, of the show I'm where gonna, we kiss each other's butts. I'm going to clip, that, going. I'm gonna yeah, clip uh, that part and play that at AVP <laughs> events, just in case anybody's wondering. Uh, you there's, guys are the show. there's something you snuck in there I want to make sure everybody heard. You said that that fee, mm-hmm. as imposed by USAV, is no longer... There. True. Yes. Okay. 
So gotcha. the FIVB took a step back. They don't want to be involved. Okay. The USAV said there's not going to be a fee. Yeah, because that fee wasn't – it was a talk between the FIVB and USAV. It wasn't like just USAV all of a sudden. Right. Like, no, now we're going to charge you for oh, it. Oh, right. I yeah. mean, yes, they did do that, but it was because of conversations with the FIVB. Right. But I did not know that that is gone now. I didn't either. Interesting. Yes, I heard it was. Um, so – So we'll see. We will see. My plan, yes, is to play. Okay. But cool. stay tuned. Oh, I hope to see you out there. I hope to play. They're really fun. Yeah. That's called a tease, everybody. Yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. If I knew if I knew answers, no, I would tell you. No, that's perfect. You guys they'll, they'll have to keep tuning back in no, and come you, to events, yeah. and we'll find out. One thing it's I've good heard about for us. you, Sarah, in hanging out with you and Adam, you're, you're a straight shooter. You will see yeah, you. <laughs> so I believe that you would tell us if, if you really knew. Okay. No, no, I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> oh, one thing I wanted to bring up. We were just talking to Rob Aspero about the start of the – NCAA beach season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying he was noticing a lot of people were setting really close to the net and the blockers were still pulling. I was saying that, but you continue. Were say- oh, sorry. You were saying that? Oh, it's all right. That's fine. I'm sorry. I know I'm a DJ, and, yeah. but uh, I can okay. still okay. analyze the game. He's got some volleyball like you. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some. Just yeah. some. <laughs> no. So, and then we were saying, is it – as you're learning the game, it's probably easier to learn how to – how to hit and how to tee off on a ball than it is to really properly block. Mm-hmm. So maybe at the college level, and it's going to continue to get better and better and better. But their hitting skills might be a little more developed than their than their than their blocking skills. Is that is, is that true? Like, is it easier to become a really good hitter than a really good blocker? Um, I would tend to agree with that. Um, blocking when you just like watch somebody doing it, it looks so easy yeah you just put your hands up in front of the other person hitting the ball and you're good what else do you have to do yeah (laughs) but honestly it is an incredibly technical skill um there are just so many nuances of it that unless you are a blocker you just don't really appreciate and i mean i'm saying that as a blocker so (laughs) hello but you should all appreciate me (laughs) thank you but it's just like you know timing the quickness of your hands over the net, how much of the court you take away, your hand positioning relative to your body. It's just like all of these things play a part in it. Mm. And like, yeah, people make moves that, that people don't really even notice that they're doing, but they're affecting the play in a big way. And the thing that I think a lot of young players don't really buy into 100% is that even if you're not blocking the ball – if your defender is digging, you have done your job. You are taking away so many options from mm. the attacker and making your defend your defender have one or two things that they have to pursue. Whereas if you get off the net, then that they have like everything. Right. So even if you're not physically blocking the ball, you are taking options and your defender can just cross them off and be like, okay, I've got to think about this and this. So what's your eye progression? Does that make sense? Like, what are you looking at as they're approaching to hit? So I usually watch the setter, then I find the ball, and then I keep my eye on the hitter. Um, Then that's another thing. So many people watch the ball when they're blocking. Yeah, of course. Um, But, yeah, the hitter tells you everything. from Everything from, like, the strength of their approach, how far away they are from the ball, their elbow drop, you know, where the ball's being contacted – relative to their shoulders Mm -hmm. 
So even if you make a call, if you're watching all those things with the block with the hitter, you can make adjustments with your hand to take away those options. Yeah. And so you said setter, ball hitter. So after the pass, you see it's good pass. You're looking at the setter. And I'm then... so I'm picking up the pass, finding the pass, seeing where the hitter's running. They okay. might be running a play or whatever. And I have to pick up the setter, see where the set's going, find the ball, and then find the hitter from okay. there. And also probably making sure that ball is not coming over on two from yes. the setter as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is one thing that I find girls – I mean, I'm a bigger girl, obviously, but girls pull so much. Yeah. So, so much. And, you know, I don't know if it's just like a lack of trust in their abilities or if they legitimately think that they have a better chance of digging than they do of affecting the play at the net. Yeah. But – Man, it it breaks my heart to see how much girls pull because I think the game could be a lot different if mm. blockers would stay at the net just like a little more. Yeah, well, I was just noticing from the college game over the weekend, I saw some highlights. Like there were a lot of 50-50 balls, and you could I just in my mind it looked like they had already predetermined that they were going to pull. Yeah. And like if you just would have stayed there, you may not have gotten the block, but you would have affected the play or you would have jousted, or maybe the ball was even more on your side. You could have got to it first, but it was it looked very predetermined. So it's like if you're yeah. going to predetermine it, then just stay off the net. Yeah. Get in a good defensive position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like determine whether they're going to pull based on the pass location. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So people will see a pass go backwards or something, but it's like the second still be good. For sure. But as soon as people see a bad pass, they get out of there. And yeah, the decision making is a little premature in my opinion. I feel like the beach game is so new in college these girls aren't necessarily playing it competitively growing up as much or this is the first time they've really played it competitively so thinking the game is still something they have to learn Mm -hmm. to do as well yeah and I mean when you're young and you're playing club indoor and stuff like honestly how many people really train blocking at a high level yeah like most kids will be like oh I'm just gonna like jump and put my hands up and it's like nobody really thinks like no you are taking away space over the net and yeah so it starts in indoor with with how blocking is viewed there and then because for a lot of the time the kids can't even reach over the net yeah a big thing i notice as i block and this is coming from a you know maybe maybe double a level defender who doesn't play a ton but when i'm blocking and i'm not super confident in my own ability i'll notice because i'll get up there i'll block and then i'll almost be turning to mm-hmm. see if my defender is going to get it yeah. as the ball is being hit. So if I get a touch, well, my hand is now off the net, and I'm just messing yeah. everything up. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to be up there and block. You've now taken it away from your defender. I've taken it away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you're going to block, it's like take the space you're going to take, yeah. let it happen, and then and then move on. But like I might as well be off the net if I'm going to mm-hmm. – to, to look for the dig before the ball's even hit. You know? <laughs> yeah, there definitely requires a certain level of commitment to right. the skill and just like whatever play you've called, stick with it, hold it, and then trust your trust your defender, first of all, that they will be in the correct position. That's a huge part. But then like trust your ability to transition set. Mm. Well, like you said earlier too, you could still get a block without stuffing it straight down. Like if – the opposing player has to go high line over you. Maybe they go a lot higher than they normally would because mm-hmm. you've taken up so much space and then your partner can run it down easier. Like those are all still blocks in my opinion, because you've made that offensive hitter change what they really want to do, whether yeah. you stuff it straight down or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll notice like when I actually get that in mind and the next play, I'm like, all right, I'm either going to 
take, I'm either going to pull or I'm going to get up there and take my exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'll get up there on blocking line. I know that guy's swinging angle. I know it. And, but I'm not going to try to like half reach. So I'm just going to like, I'm not going to block this ball, but I'm going to do it. And then hopefully, you know, yeah. I've taken it enough away. Well, because most likely you've, you and your partner have talked about it and your partner's sitting in the angle. Right. Right. So you can't, you've taken away the choice for that hitter to, oh, I'm going to change my mind because he's drifting this way. Then, yeah. And that's the thing is like, as a blocker, you need to trust that your defender's making the correct play or read behind you. But the defender needs to trust the blocker that they are actually going to take the space that they say they're going to take. Yeah. Because if you're like, man, my blocker's awful, that like, I think they're going to leave the seam open. It's like, no, oh, the yeah. blocker needs okay. to take the seam away. You need to make sure you're in position. Like, if they hit seam, that's not on you. So the trust between both players definitely needs to be there or it all falls apart. Uh, one Adam Johnson has chimed in on the Ooh. Facebook stream. He says, I believe they're being taught to pull in their junior programs a lot more so than stay and block, obviously. And that's probably that depends on the coach, too. The coach could have been a defender or the coach could not have played volleyball ever, which I've noticed some too, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure all that stuff goes into it. Yeah, and I work with young blockers now on the beach, and like so many of them, they can't get up and over the net. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, if you're not even going to take space, you're taught to get off the net. Yeah. But then when they can get over the net, it's just so ingrained in their head to just do yeah. it and it's so natural to just bail that or staying there too if the it. ball i've seen it so many times where they drop and the ball is just on their side of the yeah. net and if they were there they would have got it yeah. but they've pulled so early yeah and if you are if you are a shorter team if you have two shorter players like for example ucla's number one pair right now the mcnamara's mm -hmm. <clears throat> rob Aspero before you came on was talking about how i think it was nicole that stuffed a 6-4 player three times in a row um, because she's not the biggest blocker, but she she understands it enough and has pretty good form and trusts what she's doing and, like, can read the other player and mm -hmm. can learn something from what, you know, watching her shoulder and the right eye progressions. Even if you are a shorter player, uh, if you can learn the skill, it's still really beneficial and useful. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting. You see different countries have different styles so like the brazilian style is definitely blockers get off the net yeah but we're talking about night like next level pull ability they're professional athletes yeah. Like, <laughs> right, yeah like these girls you know i play the same level but i know my strengths and it's yep. to stay at the net like i'm not going to try to pull because watching you you do it and make it look so easy mm -hmm. like you are very good at it yeah and I think a lot of people watch like the Brazilians and stuff and it's like, well, look, they win all the time and they're pulling all the time. That must be how you do it. And it's like, no, you need to look at your personnel, look at the, your strengths and play to those. And as you see more and more, the game is growing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of taller girls coming out now and the taller ones are the ones that are staying at the net because that's what, what our strength is. But don't just pull because you see people doing it who are extremely talented and they're making it work. Just like know what works for you. Phrase of the day, next level pullability. <laughs> yes. Hashtag. You know That's going to be the title of the show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next level pullability. Yep. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I do you, notice it's 11 o'clock. Uh, no, it's fine. Rob's, okay, Rob's on hold. College Volleyball Weekly can hold on. Yeah. This is way more important. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about indoor college volleyball right now, so this is way more important. <laughs> and Kevin's not here. So. Yeah, Kevin's not here. Nobody cares. 
Um, I was going to ask about your transition from indoor to beach. How mm. difficult was that for you at the pro level? Well, I mean, if anybody saw me play my first couple years, they will say it was pretty damn hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was not pretty. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Um, I was an opposite indoor, Mm -hmm. so no passing. As an opposite, your job is to score points, and if you get a dig, bonus. Yeah. Um, So it was a lot to learn. Um, even, you know, the things that came so naturally to me, I'd been playing indoor for a very, very long time when I made the switch and things, I could just do things without thinking about them. And then all of a sudden to have to go back and focus so hard on every skill I was doing was exhausting. And it was, it was a transition. I kind of, I skipped a lot of steps and just kind of got thrown into the fire of the world tour three weeks after I started (laughs) Wow. Um, what year was this? This would have 2013. Been. Okay. So, yeah, the first two years were real grind, and it was hard. I learned a ton, and, you know, finally felt like I kind of hit my stride in 2015. And, yeah, it's exciting because I still feel like I'm getting better at things every single year. Awesome. Um, Is there one skill that was the most difficult for you? to come from indoor to beach like one thing you didn't have to do a ton as an opposite indoor that you now had to do on the beach over and over again um i will say probably the hardest skill in beach volleyball is transition setting Mm. Mm. um even if you're bump setting like you need to work you need to get your hips around the ball you can't take any shortcuts um because the ball exposes you if you do and yeah, it's just like getting in that mindset of finishing my block, creating space to flow through the ball, making sure my hips are square every single time. Um, and I see it a lot with young players. It's just like they don't want to do it. And it's like if you can transition set, your team will be successful. And so that part for me was really tough. Gosh, I love that answer because the most yeah. common answer is – Oh, I was a middle, I was a tall middle, I didn't set very much, so setting was hard, or passing was hard to learn because I never had to pass. Yeah. That is a totally new answer that I just... Oh. I have. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I mean, the obvious things, just like repping out passing and getting to that rhythm, um, blocking timing is different, you know, instead of broad jumping, because I was a back row attacker a lot indoor, and it's just like jumping through the ball, Um as opposed to on the beach, like you gather at the bottom and go more up straight. So, so that's just like yeah, the biomechanics yeah. of it all was just a real trip. And that's a big difference between the game. Those... And the muscle memory of that too, yeah. right? Like before yeah. you could do it without thinking about it, coming onto the beach and I have to think about jumping straight up. So you can yeah. get more height as opposed to jumping at the net where you're not going to get as much. Well, and if you're broad jumping on the beach, let's be real, you're getting <laughs> like, you're probably falling, <laughs> tripping in the sand. <laughs> happens yeah, to me yeah. still sometimes <laughs> but yeah just the biomechanics of the two sports are completely different and yeah it's, it was a very frustrating transition i'm sure um i cried a lot <laughs> i asked my husband if i was stupid for even trying oh, a man. lot mm. um well, yeah because you're used to playing right anybody at a high level you know like i know how to play volleyball even though i they're the sp- the skills are the same, but it's mm-hmm. two different sports in my mind, right? I agree. Um, 
So you're like, I'm used to being good. How come I am not good at this? I know how to hit the ball. I know how to pass the ball. I can set the ball. Why am I not good at this? I can imagine that frustration was next level. Yeah. You go from playing with and against the best players in the world indoor, and then you want to do the same thing in beach. And it's like, girl, relax. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need a season or two. Just simmer down a little bit. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah. The transition period got shorter and shorter mm-hmm. every year I did it mm-hmm. um, to the point that it would be like, okay, I'm coming from indoor two weeks, get my sand legs back. Okay. I feel good. But at the beginning it was a huge chunk of time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm really, really glad that I stuck with it. What was the reasoning for it to, get, to go to beach, beach? full time? Yeah. Um, so I played for our indoor national team since I was 16, real baby. I got a picture actually from my first year the other day. It was, um, <laughs> Ooh, we could, we could show. The oh, we can show. Like, yeah. Do you we'll that find it. Quick? Yeah. I've got it. My, one of the girls I played with sent it to me. She's like, look what I just found. And I was like, yikes. P.S. Can I also show you this picture that I got sent? Yes. Oh, uh, what is Isn't that happening? Scary? That is weird. Okay. okay. I feel like this, show, yeah. this yeah. is me when I am 16. Yeah. That's what it's going to look like right there, Mark. I was a real baby. Oh, I can get even closer. There it is. Oh, oh, hey, there it is. I Amazing. Was, awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, I was playing on our indoor team for so long, had gone through a few qualifying cycles, and Canada just was not qualifying and so after we didn't qualify for 2012 in London I was like okay I was like 26 at the time and I was like I either keep pushing this on the chance that I might never go to an Olympics or I need to find a different way Mm. because it had been my dream since I was like so say that was a goal was making it to the Olympics Olympics. Yeah. yeah so I was like you know what I need to try something new and so Picked up beach. See what this see what this beach thing is all about. Yeah. Now what I really want to know is who are you and Mel gonna pick up as your third for snow volleyball? Oh dear. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. <laughs> is that actually a real thing though? It's uh, a real thing because somebody's paying for it to be a real thing. Yeah. I do is it I don't it's know how I feel in Beijing, about that. right? Twenty twenty two? We'll see. They're I'll actually know. gonna make it an Olympic sport. No chance that's gonna be an Olympic do sport. Do you think I so? don't think no chance. Here's <sighs> and here's an argument when I was at the FIVB I know what the argument is. World Congress. What's your okay, what do you It's not an argument. It's a it, I don't know how real I can get it with this, but like there's outside money coming in to make that oh, a yeah. thing. Oh, for sure. But I I don't want to necessarily say where that outside money is anyways, <laughs> my concern is that if we are losing beach events or indoor is not at the level that it should be. Why do you think you're going to be able to make what? snow? Can I ask the you, next why thing? you why is indoor not at the level? I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that if it's, if they want it to be bigger, like oh, okay. in the United States and stuff like Got that, it. if they want it to be bigger, mm-hmm. why are you now putting resources into something that is not going to help those other two things rise up? Because that's that would be my question. So the thing is, I think where it's coming from um, is people are like, all right, this is a cool idea. Let's see if we can do a couple fun events in Europe. Um, and these are not people from America. It's not cool being the operative word. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Temperature wise, and then Clever. thinking like <laughs> thinking like, hey, there's not really 
a winter Olympic sport where you can have people like I've told you my opinion on this, right? Mexico, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that was a a thought. Here's what I would do, and I am nobody and have no experience in the sport at all whatsoever. Um, And I know a lot of things would have to change. I would put indoor volleyball at the Winter Olympics. I love that beach in the summer, indoor in the winter. I love that. You just the things, the issues it would cause is all the professional leagues that's the issue that it would cause Mm. but if you want both that because that's they could change the timing of it just make the indoor leagues go from february take a month off i I do agree that it could be done for sure but that is the reason why i hear that because that makes more sense to me as a fan Mm -hmm. um than putting snow volleyball out there yeah because hearing you talk about it it's like Everybody has these ideas of like growing the game, but in the process, it's kind of fracturing it. One hundred percent. It's happened on numerous fronts in in recent years. So I think this is another instance where it's instead of growing it, it's kind of like fracturing what's already been established. So great idea! Indoor volleyball, Winter Olympics. I like that way better. Yeah. Yeah. Way better. I don't know if snow volleyball is at the place of fracturing anything yet. I think it's still at a, oh, this is sort of fun. But um, it just like diverts attention and resources from the in from the indoor game and from the beach game that's been trying to get a hold for a I, while. I just yeah, it's know. the resources that. I understand. Yeah. I, I just I agree. It's <laughs> not fracturing anything as of yet. And I don't know. It's I, this is something I don't know. I don't know if it's really diverting resources yet because I don't know where all the resources are coming from. They could be coming from people who don't care about beach and indoor and are like, I'm going to give my money and my business money and try to figure this out for this thing. Mm. I wasn't going to give it to beach and indoor anyway. I don't know how much traction it's gotten yet to get resources from national federations or from the FIBB that would have otherwise gone into beach and indoor. I, I, I personally uh, agree. I, I hope not a ton because... One Randy Stoklos yeah. has commented and said, because the FIVB wants to have volleyball, the only sport played year-round in the Winter Olympics. I'm not 100% sure what that means, but... Well, but I think it's the having, same argument. Like, it's like, having some volleyball thing during the Winter Olympics. I get it. Yeah, I mean, right, yeah. which is what you were saying. Yeah. Like, let's make year. indoor... Make it... Uh, yeah. Indoor beach. Because Randy's right. Indoor is played year-round. Mm-hmm. Beach Correct. now is essentially there. played year-round. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't know who I'd pick to be on my team, though. Yeah, back to the original. <laughs> yeah, back to the actual question. Yeah, who's gonna be your who's gonna be your partner? Is yeah. it only third, three third. people? It's well, now it's three. I believe in international competitions this year you can have four because you can have a sub, but three okay. on the court you could bring four. I've heard a rumor that there's some world games going on in San Diego in October of this yes, year. I believe I've that there those. will potentially be some fours, not yes. snow, obviously, but Love sand. It. Accurate. Beach. I've yes. Gotten that email. Yes. So very interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Wow. I think fours is entertaining. Oh, I, love I would fours. be entertained with fours. Yeah. Yeah. Co-ed fours. I'm down with co-ed fours. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 100 percent down with co-ed fours. <laughs> who would your so if it was you and Mel, who would your two uh, male Canadians? Well, do oh, we have to oh, pick be Canadians? Because I was going to say Phil for sure. Yeah. Oh, obvi- well, no, obviously, Phil. Canadian. We don't have to do Canadians. <laughs> Double block. In fours, that would be amazing. (laughs) So what is usually the structure for fours? You've got a girl that's usually defending and then running up to set. It depends on what the rules are. If if it's a if it's a rule where 
this, you can play it where the girls have to contact the ball every time the ball comes over, then, uh, or you just a girl has to be on the court. The yeah, it depends time. on what it tournament depends. they usually yeah. want. The, so the guys are usually the ones hitting. Correct. So the girl usually, usually isn't set. big enough to block on the men's net. So, so you're, she's you're digging exactly right. And then, Correct. You know what? We'll just really mix it up. I'll block and set from the net. Yeah. Phil will, th- Phil will hit. Phil <laughs> will hit out of the middle. And it doesn't really matter who else we have. So. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Have... I've actually had this conversation with Scott. I would pick if I had to play. Um. Anders Mole. Mm. Duh. Duh. Smeden's behind. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Phil has to be in the conversation. But if not, then, you know, I might pick uh, uh, Alex Brower. Oh, yeah. That's a fun team. You know who I might put on a team? Any team I do is Oleg. After watching Oleg really? Stoyanovsky play. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. The good. Russian? Yes. Yeah. He's like 21 or 22. He's gotten so good. Yeah. yeah. He's so coordinated. Like, And he, he just looks like a – he sort of looks like a fun guy to be on the court he's with. He's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah. He's a yeah. They're all really young. Yeah, of course they are. I always feel like I'm like middle of the pack age-wise. I'm not. <laughs> not even. It's close. a mindset. Just it's the mindset you got to get into. You know like, what? yeah, it's fine. That's what I say. You're 32. You're prime time right now, Sarah. Oh, am I? Yeah. I mean, I feel better now than I did when I was 22. So we'll just. That's a good thing. Hopefully, keep on that path. But <laughs> that yeah. is a really good thing. So yeah, fours. Let's organize that. My that'll be my team. Perfect. So. It's all about it. It's a legit team. That is a not great lie. team. Yeah. That team's not. That team's not losing. Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, you got the lefty behind. I just want to see the double block. That's what I want to see. Okay. Yeah. We can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> just you and Phil at the net, just <laughs> arm straight over. My hand just at his armpit. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, get out of the way. Phil's looking I'll at you, it. like, can you jump a little bit higher and <laughs> yeah. get up here with me? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he's like, no, oh, you're ruining this. That'll be fun, though. Uh, yes. Oh, thanks so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks for. This is great. Yeah, thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. It's always fun in person. Yeah. Is this exactly. your first time on the show? Have you called in before? I've called in before. I think you've called in before. Yeah, yeah. I like this better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was still fun, but it's just like... In person, because you see people's body language, and you can yeah. actually tell when Kevin's joking or when he's not, but that's why we kicked him off the show today, so he didn't make some weird TV reference that nobody gets. I'd probably just stare at him. Perfect. That's pretty much what most <laughs> people do. That's what I do when I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, awkward. Yep. Yeah. Is that a Parks and Rex reference? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming in. Uh, no problem. I talked with your partner recently. She's going to be coming in soon, too. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yep. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was said in the best way possible. Yeah. Oh, I know. And we'll have Mark come in just so he can say her name the way that he loves pronouncing it. Yeah. I can just see your like voiceover, too. You guys, I'm just going to say she talks completely normal until... She, she has to says, say something like empanada, and then all of a sudden it's like empanada. And it's like, what? Oh my gosh, guys, I had the such heck? good practice this morning, and before practice, I had eggs, I had my coffee, I had my empanadas, and then I had, you know, I watched. Didn't she do that to you show. before, yes. too? That's yes. really funny. I'm like, Mel, you have the most Canadian accent ever. And, and then, then she'll be like, it, Yeah. Just like yeah. the weirdest. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Latina. 
It's yeah. like, <laughs> no, you're Latina. Like, you, you can say it like that. Yeah, I, I grew up in Canada. My parents are from Chile. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Well, I can't wait. But, and 100% serious. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah, that's how you say the word. Yeah, thank you. I yeah, rip on her every time she does it. and oh. I can't wait to, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll play like a word game with her and see how the uh, accent comes okay. out. That'll be fun. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah. She's pretty fun. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, hopefully in the next few weeks, because you guys are in town for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you obviously live here, but training-wise. Yeah, she'll be here, too. Cool. Until April. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. All right, now let's see if I can get the uh, oh, College Ball Weekly guys on. Barsha tomorrow, right? Jay, are you on yeah. there right now? Why do you? All right, let me see if I can. I have Rob Asparrow on here, but it's trying to merge, and I can't merge, and that's bothering me a little bit. So we'll make for great radio where I'm just talking to you directly and nobody else cares about College Football <laughs> Weekly. Rob Sparrow, can you hear me by any chance? No. Jay, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call you guys right back. You got it. Cool. Rob, are you there? I'm on. I think I got you. You are, but I can't I can't merge. Want me to call back? Yeah, uh, I'll call you back. All right. All right, thanks. Sorry about that, everybody. Technical difficulties when uh, Kevin is not in the house. The tech guy stuff falls to me, and as I like to say every week, I'm not actually the tech guy, even though Kevin likes to pretend that I am. So I'm going to attempt to call everybody directly from my phone, and we will see how it goes. I'd like to... Thanks for coming in, Sarah. Good to see you. <clears throat> Sorry, we were discussing no, that's, wine tasting. Prospects. I can carry the show for a good ten seconds solo, and then after that, it's a full panic. Rob, yep, all gotcha. right, all right, hold on, Mark. We can uh, t- talk amongst ourselves. Oh, good, because I'm trying to love talking amongst ourselves. This is what we do for <clears throat> twenty five hours, eight weekends. <laughs> Seriously, a year. seriously. Ooh, actually, more than eight weekends. We could do more together, man. We. Those were long days, NCAA women's champs this year. We were standing for a long time. Standing, yeah. People don't under. Hey, Jay, hold on. I'm going to try to merge you now. Um, why won't my phone merge? Oh, Rob and Jay, are you guys there? I'm here. Yes. Yep, yeah, I'm here. All right, now let's see if I can miraculously get Vinny on as well. One moment, everybody. Mark and I are going to talk amongst ourselves real quick. Thanks for uh, thanks for your patience. Um. What were, we, what were we talking about, Mark? NCAA? Uh, NCAA is, yeah, yes. long days. Yeah. Um, for us, right? Like, right. for the athletes, it's not necessarily as long. No. Semifinal Thursday, those are the those are the rough ones. They're at, like, 1 o'clock. Well, actually, you were there earlier. I think we got out of it. Doing some sound checking, and those are just two matches. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, always the, uh, they're going five, right? Yeah. Oh, I think I, I did it. I have all three. Vinny... Rob and Jay, you guys all on there? Jay? Hey, I'm here. And I hear Vinny, too. Sweet. All right, I am now going to put myself on mute and let Mark talk to you guys. (laughs) Check your text, Rich Lambert style. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be – I'm sure there's like a snack or something I can get from Kevin's fridge or something like that. And now I'm going to put myself on mute and let you three Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, What's up, guys? We are in the thick of things with, uh, with men's NCAA season, aren't we? I love it. I'm just, I, 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 I yeah, they just they no, blatantly I, are ignoring I you. I purposely did that to see if any of the three would would, say would respond to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should just turn it over to them, let them go. So, yeah. <laughs> Jay, tell us. Yeah. 
tell us about your week, what you watched. Your I know George Mason is doing their thing this week. I always love when you post on Facebook the good guys won or lost this week. So tell us about the good guys this week. Well, the good guys this weekend, you know, we we uh, we are a, a team of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, we we uh, we come out and we beat a, a good team on a Friday night, whether that's a, a Purdue Fort Wayne or a Penn State or uh, an NJIT. And then for some strange reason, the next night, Mister Hyde comes out uh, and we just completely lay an egg and don't finish the job. And uh, you know, no, no, uh, no shine taken off the teams that we lost to. They're all good teams and, and definitely they played, uh, better than we did that night. But, uh, for some reason, as a coach, you know, you look at your guys and you know what level you're used to watching them perform at. And, you know, you see it one way on Friday night and then it's not nearly as good the next night. You know, there's something left to be desired there. So, you know, the guys are disappointed. They know that they're not, they're not, um, competing at the level they need to 100% of the time. And that's, you know, that's what separates the elite teams from the from the teams that are on their way up. You know, we're still learning how to be a team that's going to have a bullseye on their back. And that's okay. You know, it's part of the learning process. Nobody nobody expects us to win a national championship this year. That's, you know, there's probably three or four teams that are in the real hunt for that. But the reality is, is if we play the game that I know we can play, I the way we compete. I don't like our chances against anybody, but we just got to figure out how to do it. But beating uh, beating Penn State on Sunday night in front of a sold-out crowd is always fun. Uh, we had alumni uh, home for the weekend and, you know, 1,500 fans packed out the rack, and it was just a really great way to, to go about the weekend and start the weekend. Well, and I think the bigger picture also when we start talking about the EIVA, I think that one of the bigger stories in college men's volleyball this decade, because we're at that point with, with the nine in the year, is the growth in the EIVA. I mean, I remember back in 2012, 2013, where it was a stop the press's headline breaking news if Penn State were to lose in the EIVA. And now, you know, it's just become a simple matter of, oh, yeah, they lost like any other team. And that really speaks to the job that other teams have done in the EIVA, which has made it so wide open. Harvard right now, 5-0, and oh, they have a chance to win the regular season championship for the first time in their program history and host the conference tournament, which would be huge for that team and being able to host. And then, you know, the other thing as well, you know, Jay, yeah, as well, you know, give credit to the to that St. Francis. You know, I think a lot of people forgot just how good St. Francis was because they had so many players who had to register because of some issues last year. You got Michael Fisher coming in though. That team can play at any level, put up twenty kills last night. When you have someone like that, that's gonna be a dominant player. Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned you mentioned Harvard being five and oh, it's not Harvard, it's Princeton, it's the other Ivy League team, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. uh, Sam Schweiss going to be a little upset that you do. We'll be getting an email soon. <laughs> but but you're absolutely right. When when you say that the EIDA uh, is is a, a conference that is on the rise, you know we've been talking about it for years. It, the, the reality is is that the EIDA as a whole, although maybe not across the board as strong as the MPSF or the Big West or the NEVA just yet, but the, the conference itself is all picking up their level of play. And so Penn State's not doing anything different. It's not that Penn State's on the downward turn and all of a sudden there's chaos and they don't know how to play the game. That's not the case at all. The reality is, is that the rest of the programs in the NBA have picked up their level of play. They picked up their recruiting. They picked up their scouting report uh, ability. You know, now that everybody's on volumetrics, all of the coaches in the EIDA are full-time employees now, for the, at least the head coaches. And that's, you know, that speaks 
to why these programs are all of a sudden getting better and are able to compete on a good night. You have St. Francis coming in and beating us on Sunday. We beat Penn State on Friday. Penn State beat St. Francis the other week. You got NJIT who's going out there and winning some matches. You got Harvard winning some matches. You got Princeton beating people. It's just it's one of those years where we're finally at a level that everybody within the conference can't sleep now or can't take a night off. And that's yeah. what the old MPSF was. That's what the MIVA is. And now we're getting to that level. And so I know, you know, all of us are kind of wondering, like, hey, how come this is happening to us? But the reality is they're all good teams now. And that's right. awesome. It's good for the conference. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind with the EIVA as well is they are the only conference that makes their regular season truly, truly matter because not every team gets in the playoffs. You look at the Big West, MPSF, you look at the MIVA, you can be 0-16 and still make the conference tournament. EIVA, you're only top four get in. So that is why it's so critical, these matches, as we continue to watch. It just adds more excitement and more fun because you have to play to get in. You're not granted anything like in other conferences. That's absolutely correct. And and that, you know, the other conferences, they might be a little bit smaller of a a group, which is why they're probably doing it. I know the MIVA's not. They're a big conference. They get a lot of teams. But you're right. Everybody in those conferences gets a chance to play in the playoffs. And, you know, that's the way they want to structure it. It doesn't take anything away from it. But the fact remains, you're right. Only half the teams in our conference are the eighth and the get a chance to play in the playoffs. So every match in the yeah. EIVA takes a whole new meeting. And, uh, this has been the e- this has been the EIVA hour of our college volleyball week. <laughs> brought to you by East Coast Storm. And, Vinny, just so you know uh, – Sam Swiesky came on and says uh, you are now dead to him. And Jay, he would, he would like to, Jay, he would like to thank you personally for uh, correcting Vinny. Just gonna throw that out there. And just so you know, he he put a message on the Facebook page and text Mark just to make sure that we got it onto the show. Yes. <laughs> so Rob, tell me uh, about West Coast teams that I've heard of before, other than uh, some of the teams that Vinny mentions. <laughs> well, it was a relatively quiet week, so to speak, because uh, Big West Conference teams, only one team played from the, uh, the Big West Conference. That was uh, UC San Diego, who played Stanford on, uh, I believe it was Saturday. Uh, but beyond that, it was mainly MPSF action that was happening, and there were no surprises there. Now, all the teams that won should have won, uh, but uh, definitely there were uh, some teams that you know I, I, I thought – would have at least put a little more fight because they, they'd shown some really good play earlier in the season and, and maybe just kind of flattening out. But uh, Pepperdine and Concordia, there was, you know, that went for there. Most of them were, were really uh, just, there's just matches being played and, and we expected the results. There was a whole lot of drama, but I will say uh, one of the, the, the matches that was a big surprise to me was the match that I, I believe Mark was on PA for yesterday, the USC at UCLA match. Uh, I just thought it would have been a better battle instead of a three-set sweep, because USC has shown so much more potential with Sam Lewis back, and um, they had a really good arm in, in Jack Wyatt, and, uh, you know, and, and Grasso had been playing really well, but apparently he's hitting zero at one point, and they brought in uh, Brandon Browning, a true freshman, and uh, it still ended up being a, a, a sweep. Yeah, Jean Luca Grasso didn't didn't have a great game. He actually made a couple pretty incredible athletic plays last night, but yeah, Rob, he didn't have a... He didn't have a phenomenal match, and UCLA just didn't make very many mistakes. They were pretty steady the whole night, and all three sets, I think it was 25-21, 21-22, 
all three of them sort of had the same rhythm where UCLA got up by two or three at the beginning. USC got back to even at around 10-10. And then the second half was just dominated by UCLA. Yeah. And, and their serving, of course, their serving is always tough. And if, if their serving's on, they're hard to stop. Their serving was pretty solid. I think they had double-digit aces. And I think five yeah, in the first Yeah, 12 aces. Set. Yeah. Versus SC's one. <laughs> yeah, that was so that was a huge difference. And, and they just played solid. They played really scrappy ball. Their passing wasn't incredible, but it wasn't bad. Um, and they just they, they looked really good. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that, that's been the big impact for them, I believe, is, you know, with Brandon Rattray coming back to play Oppo, he's led in the two their, their winning streak since their loss to Long Beach State. So, you know, does that affect the UCLA team? Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, bringing in Cobrin is definitely uh, was new for them and uh, him opposite of Matapia. Uh, it'll be fun to see how that, that develops out there because yes. you know, there's no doubt they're, they're going to grip it and rip it from the service line. But once they get the play going on the court, running an offense, and with the star players they've got and Kofi and Micah, the playmakers, uh, it's going to be scary uh, because this upcoming week, we talked about the, the matches to watch. There's definitely some stuff that, that we're going to watch between Pepperdine and UCLA. I just got the AVCA poll. It looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, there's a little bit of movement. But at number one, we have Long Beach State. Number two, Hawaii. Three, UC Irvine. Four, Pepperdine. Five, UC Santa Barbara. Six, UCLA. Seven, Loyola Chicago. Eight, Stanford. Nine, BYU. Ten, Lewis, any surprises there for you guys? Mm, no, I, I mean, you know, you know, we're at the time of year right now. You know, one of the challenges with men's volleyball is because there's so few teams that play, you're not going to see a whole lot of movement, you know, kind of when you hit this point in the season because you kind of start looking at the numbers of who played who. Even if you have a team like BYU that had a four-match losing streak, it's kind of like, well, who are we – who could you put them ahead? Ball State? No, they beat Ball State. So I – you know, it's, it's one of these things, you know, you're you're not going to see a whole lot of movement. I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement the rest of the way, you know, in men's volleyball in terms of the polls. I think that that's going to be pretty much what it's going to look like at the end of the season. I would agree with that. I think 1 through 10 is, is pretty solid and locked in. You know, maybe 11 might sneak in if there's a couple of bad nights for, for maybe one of the 5 through 8 or 5 through 9 uh, teams. And then, you know, you look at 11, uh, 12 through 15, Really, at that moment, it's it's who's having a hot week and who do we want to give some respect to, and you know the, the coaches themselves are they're, they're looking at those matches and saying, okay, you know anybody can kind of fit within that mold within the next five or six teams, and on any given week, anybody can be in there. So I think that's a pretty fair uh, poll right there. Well, I want yeah, to give some I, I respect I, I, to Jay uh, for George Mason being at number fourteen. Yeah, yeah, we dropped a spot. I'm unhappy, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, and I do want to say, though, I think the interesting story is going to be that number 15 spot as we continue to move forward. And what is it going to take for Barton to get number 15? You look at their resume, a win against USC. They potentially only have three losses at the end of the year. Are we going to get late into the season and Barton somehow creeps up there, which that would be huge for the conference. That would be the first time ever during the regular season that a conference Carolina team has made the top 15. So that maybe is an interesting storyline to look at. The way the way that they will break into the top fifteen is that they schedule even tougher. They, the, the reality is that they have to play a number of ranked teams yes. in order to get those looks. And unfortunately, the conference Carolinas right now is not exactly a very strong conference. And so, what's happening is you know Barton does have that signature win against USC, 
but who else do they have on their schedule right now remaining besides Conference Carolina teams that's going to give them a shot? And the answer is nobody. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and just to, and that, that's a good point there. Just to add as well, Conference Carolina does have the largest conference schedule of any team in the nation because they have nine programs in. So credit to Barton. They did the best that they could with the limited amount of matches they had, but you're exactly right, Jay. Yeah. What, uh, Jay, what should we be looking forward to uh, this upcoming week? Well, we finally got some matches on the West Coast going that I'll be watching. So there's a lot of them, and I'll, and I'll save some of the other ones for the other guys. Obviously, uh, I'm going to be watching Hawaii at UC Irvine. I know I just stole Robbie's thunder, but <laughs> Hawaii is going to actually play after being off, I think, for a couple of weeks. And they've only had, what, six matches or seven matches in a month and a half. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. And it's at UC Irvine, which is going to be even more interesting. UC Irvine has had some struggles as of late, but I think they're going to be uh, a team to contend with. And we're finally going to be able to see is Hawaii really deserving of that ranking, or was it just kind of a fluke because they had an easier schedule in the beginning part of the year? I'm going to be really interested to see what Santa Barbara and USC does. USC has some hot and cold nights as well. They can come out and they can play extremely well, or they can come out and they can kind of lay an egg, and, and kind of like we did. So Santa Barbara is the hot team at the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm favoring UC Santa Barbara over this one, but you never know. USC could pull the upset. I'm going to be watching the uh, the crosstown rivals of Lewis and Loyola. That's always a fun match. It's a hot rivalry. No love lost between both of those teams. We've got Sacred Heart coming into our gym this weekend, but I'm really going to be watching Princeton versus Penn State and Princeton versus St. Francis. If Princeton can pull one out this weekend against Penn State, they can be 7-0. and I think that's the first time in maybe 20 years that they've ever had that kind of a record. Uh, Sam is just doing such a great job up there. And they've got a real good team with guys across the board that can play the game. I, I'm looking at Princeton this year as the team to beat the NBA. Vinny, what are you uh, looking forward to this week? Is that me? I couldn't hear. It was Vinny. Sorry, but if Vinny oh, can't, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I think uh, Jay hit on all, all the big matches. I mean, I could break down. I, I mean, I, I could break down Lincoln Memorial and Alderson Rodas, <laughs> but um, but but we'll skip on that one. You... Robbie. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Jay did not steal my thunder because I definitely wanted to add some things there because I've been kind of tracking. But in, in all honesty. A lot of eyes are on this UC Irvine-Hawaii match at the Brand Center. So, Because uh, you've got Hawaii, who leads in, in seven of the ten NCAA categories. They're either at number one or number two. But although it's the program, it's the strongest start in the program's history, even their own fan base is like, yeah, but we've only played like, you know, SC and Stanford. So, you know, they're like, they're cautiously optimistic for their team. Uh, on the other side of the court, you've got UC Irvine. They've had some big wins, but then they've had some not so good losses. It was, you know, I credit that to their their travel schedule because at a point they're playing an away match on the in the either the Midwest or the West uh, East Coast every three days, and they came back and played Stanford, lost, and then came back and then lost that that following Wednesday against SC. So, you know, what's out the true team? I, they're still looking for identity, although they've kind of changed from the beginning of the season in that. Uh, they were heavily reliant upon Joel Schneidmiller, who had a phenomenal start to the season. But you're seeing the rise of Scott Static, and then uh, a new name you're seeing out there, especially in the last match, Alexander Seconda, uh, to go along with the theme of the show, a Canadian opposite who came in and uh, basically got the win uh, 
for the Anteaters against, uh, I believe, FC. So it was, it was a big, big uh, change of lineup for UC Irvine. So definitely watching that match. Hawaii, you know, the, the crowd has been saying they're playing with a chip on their sh- shoulder. But I'm going to go ahead and say they're not playing with a chip on their shoulder. They've always been good. They play to win. And that's what Coach Wade does. Uh, yet, it, it, and even Coach Wade in one of the blogs that I read said, I don't blame UC Irvine for us getting snubbed for the NCAAs. Or I don't blame UC Irvine for uh, us getting snubbed. It's the NCAA. So they, he's, this is just another match for them. And they're going to play hard and they're going to play to win. Uh, the other match I'll be watching, and it's a big one, is in the MPSF. There's actually two of them, Pepperdine and UCLA. Both are 4-0 and in the MPSF. And basically, it'll be brief separation for the team that wins in that conference. That's big because David Hunt's got a good, good outside attacker core in Wazoric, Wexler, and Denmark. So, uh, you know, but UCLA has Brandon Rattray back, and they're coming to, to, to groove with each other more. So that'll be a fun one. And then the other one is BYU at Stanford. Both teams sit at three and two, and of course they're looking for separation. But BYU has only had the offense of uh, Gabby Garcia Fernandez pretty much carrying that team, whereas Stanford has Jasper and Ewart now stepping up the bat. So those are the three I'm watching. Well, and, and, and just to piggyback off that, Rob, you look at that BYU-Stanford match. This is a very important match for BYU. You look at their schedule coming up and, and their most recent schedule. They're on a three-match winning streak. But you look at those three matches, they really haven't done anything in those three matches to alleviate a lot of the concerns that people have had about this team that they cannot pass. So now yep. you get in this situation where you look at their schedule, two against Stanford, then you go two against UC Irvine, then you go Pepperdine, then you go UCLA, then you go Princeton. There could be a chance BYU is on a seven-match losing streak here in three weeks. So this is a huge, huge match for them to keep an eye on. And then the other thing that I do – and then the other thing I want to add as well – you know, as we talk about this UC Irvine Hawaii match, one thing that has not been discussed as well is this the trophy match. They play for a crate of bananas. I have so many questions about this banana. Do the players eat the bananas after the match? Are they allowed to eat? Do they sit in the crate for a year? Because then they're really moldy. Do any players make banana bread out of this? I have so many questions about this crate of bananas that I really need someone to get to the bottom to. We need some hard hitting journalism to find the answer to that. Yeah. Vinny, if you can yeah, figure out. Them the, in tournament smoothies. If you can figure out the banana dilemma. And come back with that answer. Next yeah, week. next That'd next week. Great. That'd be great. Thanks, Vinny. Nice. <laughs> um, one <laughs> one more thing I want to talk about, um, and I want to get a quick answer from all three of you. Um, this answer might change in a few weeks, but as of now, is there any reason to believe that we're not all playing for second place behind Long Beach State right now? Can anyone dethrone Long Beach State? And if so, who would be that team right now? We'll start with you, Rob. Oh. Gosh, you have to go my way. I, you know, I, I'm going to be Big West biased in this one, so it's either going to be Hawaii or Irvine. And uh, what's going to make your mind? Is that going to be based on what happens this week? I think uh, TJ DeFalco is going to have to have amnesia and forget how to play the game. So, okay, so Rob's, uh, Rob's pretty heavy <laughs> Long Beach. That makes sense. Um, Jay, what do you think? Uh, I think the only other team besides the two we just mentioned is Santa Barbara. Uh, right now, Long Beach is ridiculous, and it's going to take them playing an A-minus game and somebody else playing an A-plus-plus game in order to take them over. They are, they are the team of destiny this year. And, Benny, what do you think? 
Yeah, I absolutely agree here. Maybe Pepperdine, maybe UCLA. I mean, truthfully, what you're going to need to you know, get happen is you're going to need to have players on Long Beach State just randomly decide to quit. You know, <laughs> maybe, you know, you know, there's a national emergency. Maybe like you know, President Trump, you know, declares a draft and all the Long Beach State players have to go serve as a board. You need something along those lines. So we'll see. Hopefully that, that doesn't happen. It has snowed at lower elevations out here lately, so it who has. knows yeah. what kind of, you know, how you that's going to affect people. You know, cats and dogs do live together. It does yeah. happen. <laughs> 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 uh, sweet. Um, hopefully Mark and I did a decent enough job for College Ball Ball Weekly uh, and uh, that you guys will continue to call in even if Kevin's not here. Kevin, who? <laughs> Look, this is the mo- let's yeah. be honest. This is the most I've paid attention to college yeah, football hey, weekly in like years. Right. So, uh, so Jeremy, usually Kevin sends us each a little check as a thank you for doing this. Are you sending it this week, or um, the know, fact how, how how go back the fact that you yeah. guys get checks and I haven't seen one? Like, I'm gonna need to talk to him before you get any more checks. I'm gonna let you know that right now. <laughs> Cash up, Venmo, and Okay. Yeah. Good to nice. know. Good to know. Nice. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you dealing with my technical difficulties to get you on, and we'll uh, talk to you three here soon. See you, Mike. Take care, you. Later. I mean, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Crushed it. Um, there was – I need to find it. So if you want to uh, banter yeah. for – I mean, I can banter with you, but I need to scroll through my phone to find – How that. much – have you seen much men's volleyball this year? I have not. My – Thankfully, my DJ schedule has been pretty packed nice. um, Yeah, the, this uh, season, so I kind of wait as we get to the end. I do, contrary to popular belief, I do listen a little bit to what the guy's saying. I check yeah. out the ABCA poll and stuff like that, and just, I, as you brought up, I do know that Long Beach is kind of... We're getting into the oh, conference schedules right now. Head and so shoulders above others, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. And now the only top 10 team they've played, I believe, um, is UCLA. They played them twice. They've crushed them twice. Um, and that's, of course, who Long Beach beat last year in the in the Natty Champ in five at UCLA. So there is no reason to believe Long Beach isn't yeah. going to win and probably cruise this year. But the interesting thing is now we're getting into the meat of the conference schedules. So Long Beach, it, they're going to play CSUN this week. They'll be heavily favored in that. But they're going to have two against Irvine. They're going to have a couple against Hawaii. Yeah, they're playing tough teams. It's oh, not yeah. like it's a cakewalk. Correct. Yeah. So now it's... If those matches are cakewalks, then, then it's like, it, yeah. okay, well, that's what sort of what we thought. Got or are, are they going to show some sort of vulnerability? Yeah. Or are they going to show a vulnerability just to mess with people? Or we're <laughs> bored, so we might lose yeah. a match. Yeah, right. Got it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so we – I don't – time flies by. I don't think we had a yeah. net live show last week. But two weeks ago, we discussed um, a couple lawsuits that mm-hmm. were brought – towards Dave Mays individually and P1440 from the World Series of Beach Volleyball and Litter Armado's company. Those two, I believe both, I believe this statement is for both of those, uh, lawsuits have been settled. And here is the um, press release from the World Series of Beach Volleyball. This is what day? When is this? This was... Posted February 12, 2019 from Leonard Armato. I'm pleased to announce that Management Plus Enterprise and the World Series of Beach Volleyball, both owned and operated by me, have reached a quick resolution of the claim filed against Platform 1440 and Dave Mays concerning the commercial dispute that arose between the parties. Dismissals of the lawsuit 
have been filed and allegations withdrawn. I'd like to thank P1440, its founders, and Dave for the professionalism and integrity they showed in this process, and more generally, their efforts to revolutionize the sport of beach volleyball. I understand P1440 was created for the orig- from the original ideas of its founders. The World Series of Beach Volleyball ceased operations on its own accord, and P1440 is free to operate its business without any restrictions or concerns arising from our former operations or plans. Carrie remains a pillar of our sport and Dave as a visionary, and I wish P1440 nothing but success in its future endeavors. Sincerely, Leonard Armato, February 12, 2019. So nice. They, if you don't know much about the lawsuits, uh, it was made public. It was online everywhere, but we discussed it at the end of our show a couple weeks ago. Um, so if you want, you can fast forward to the last probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes of that show and hear more about it. That is a um, quick resolution. That was a very quick resolution. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, you know, not that we get any credit, but we all thought it would be settled out of court. Um I don't know how, you know, all those things work. Like, because it's all contract disputes is what it was talking about. So, based on my knowledge of settlements, which comes through the first six seasons of Suits, <laughs> in USA Network. Um, so you are an expert. These things happen very quickly. They're very, very intense conversations. Um, people are illegally followed. You know, with private investigators, um, somebody's backstory comes up <laughs> every two episodes. They follow that for a while. Good so to know. I'm sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> Things you've never heard of before exactly. that like yeah. some come. Yeah. Oh, well, this was the key. Yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden the light bulb pops. And Correct. They have yeah. the answer and we're good. Yep. So my question now then, and I'm sure others too, uh, what does this mean for P1440 going forward for yeah. the rest of this season and stuff like that? It'll, uh, we'll see. Is there anything on the schedule as of now? Not I'm that, really not sure. Not that I have seen and not that I've been alerted to. Okay. Yep. Well, then we shall see. Yeah. That's mm. all That's all I have on that yeah. topic right now because I've gotten in trouble in the past. Right. <laughs> I don't see – I don't know a ton. But, I mean, I know I've, – I've heard the episode you guys have talked about yeah. it. I know, but, but I don't have enough information to yeah. – That's fine. No. <laughs> Look, it's not the first lawsuit that's happened in the sport of volleyball. It's not going to be the last. It won't be the last. Right? Yeah. So, but just uh, – But letting, I'm glad it was settled. Yeah, letting everybody know yeah. that uh, – I find it interesting some of the wording in that statement compared to some of the wording that was in the lawsuit as yep, well. Me too. But, uh, yeah. you know, uh, it's, again, it's lawyer stuff that goes on behind the scenes that is above my pay grade. Right. So. Which is which is zero for the net lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a uh, gold medal in sitting volleyball. because That's amazing. I know That's, you do. Two bronzes and a gold? Two bronzes and a gold, yeah. Yes. We've played four years. One year we didn't medal. That was that, that one's stone. Was that the first year? That was our third year. Was it really? So we went we went bronze, bronze, back to back. Third year, zero medal, which really? was very upsetting. I thought it was bronze. Oh, all right. No, nope, we went bronze, bronze, zero, came back with the gold. It was the zero because did you lose in the quarters? You lose in the semis? We lost, to, we lost in the bronze medal match. In the semis and the bronze medal match. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Yeah. Mm. It's tough. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We went undefeated this uh I think we went undefeated this last time to get the goal. I would have known more about that, but you know, I'm playing. I'm uh, talking about lacrosse during the sitting volleyball at nationals. It's all good. Just a bummer. I really want to go. Just to remind people, because they'll see it online, or they'll be like, "Oh, sitting!" Like they'll like try to make jokes about it. And I'm like, it is hard, way harder than standing, than indoor 
or beach. I believe you described it to me as I had muscles that were sore that I didn't know I had. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I had one of the... uh, one of the girls on the team, I think it was our, it might have, uh, I can't remember if it was our first year or second year of playing, um, but she plays on our women's uh, sitting team and she is uh, missing her, uh, I can't remember which leg, but from yeah. like the knee down. And at one point she told me while you're playing, she's like, I wish I could tell you how to move, but I don't know where to tell you where to put your other full leg. Yeah. I don't know where that thing should go because it looks like it's in your way because she doesn't have to worry about that yeah. while we're playing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, period. So, so I don't think it's the leg, my full body legs that are prohibiting me from being good at this sport. Yeah. Because you do use them to push off. Yeah. You know, the most frustrating thing to me about, I think would be, I've never played. I've hit a few balls on a yeah. sitting ball, but I never actually played. The most frustrating would, thing would be that like, okay, I'm only, I'm this tall. That, my hand reaches this high. And that's it. And that's it. And the net is high. Like, it is <laughs> like when I'm I at will the, yeah. never ever be able to hit Correct. a ball straight down. You can't use the net. your athleticism right to right. if you're like me, not as tall as say Kevin when we're playing. Right, um, I can't get any higher to block. I'm a liability in the front. Right, well, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I will jumbo you or high line you, which I have done, and there's video footage of that in on in sitting, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and I have put a ball or two away, but yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, when my little Mickey Mouse hands get over the net, it's yeah. not doing a whole lot. The defense would be much more fun for me in that game because I like, I love like doing a short pepper where you're just sort of like, boop, 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 yeah, boop, yeah, and that's what I feel like. Yeah, because as you're just reacting because it's yeah. so and it's so fast. It is, it's happening really quickly. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, so we're doing that again this year. Looking forward to it. Um, can't remember what city it's in off the top of my head. I was just talking about it with Katie the other day, but uh, yeah, I have no idea. We'll be going again this year to defend our uh, our gold. I'll be in Philadelphia. If it's in the same place, then I'll... Uh, then maybe yeah. we'll see it. I, I don't think we're in Philly, but uh, we'll find out. I'm going to say Atlanta, Salt Lake, or Minneapolis. Sure. Just because those yeah. seem like three popular places. Yeah, seems about right. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for si- sitting in for yeah. Kevin today. Thanks for having me. You look good in that chair, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Yep. After uh, however many years it's been for me now, seven or... <laughs> This is my eighth year, I think, something like that. Is that right? Seven years, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Finally upgraded to the uh, bigger chair. I'm just glad that Kevin Kevin's still the conference de uh, de hairs the house with his cats. I I have a well, I appreciate that too. Allergy of yeah. cats that, and the good thing is that they panic when any other human is in the house. So it's not like they're trying. Most cats know you don't like them, so they'll right. rub up on you. His cats will not. They're both in this house, and you have not seen them the entire time you've been here. I think I've seen them twice when I have. Period. Been here. Yeah. yeah. I walked in earlier, it was just me, no one was in the house, and I walk upstairs, and the cat is probably thinking it's somebody that normally lives here, and it sees me. It's like, you've been seeing me your whole life, but it's still full panics, and waits till I get enough up the stairs so we can jump down, and haven't seen the cat since. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't seen the cat since. Kevin, perfect timing. Yeah, Kevin, you you can close the show now. Way to come in. Hope your call went well. He doesn't have like any, uh, like woodworking... It doesn't have a flannel on. Doesn't have uh, uh, shavings of wood strapped onto you or anything. I'm a chameleon, DJ Roche. I'm a chameleon. I'm in volleyball mode right now. So nice. Conference black black Adidas shield, three stripe life. Conference call went well. Yeah, nailed it. And a collier, difficult to pin down sometimes. Ooh, I actually difficult to pin down. I wanted to talk to her. I should. 
So no, you shouldn't start. have you shouldn't have gotten on the call. There was no room. There were like six people on the call. I had to cut people off to ask one or two questions. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad. Uh, thanks for letting us use your house. You'll be able to listen to the show and listen to Sarah's interview. I waved at Sarah. Her. Yeah, I saw her. Awkwardly waved at her. She's like, "Who's that guy in this house?" He's like, "This." He's weird. We did talk how polite she was because yes. I saw her walk in, and then I could see on the live stream she was just over Mark's shoulder dusting sand off of herself before she came into your house. It was very polite Wait of her. Wait a minute. Let me see. Very, very polite of we her. We didn't make her get out the Dyson before she left? No. I was like, there, there's got to be a Roomba or something flying around somewhere. And it, it was really weird. As, as disappearing as your cats are, one of them just came downstairs and hopped up on her lap, and she held the cat the whole time. No way. That did not happen. <laughs> I wish it did. Honestly, I wish that was true. My cat's the stupidest cat on earth. I'm so scared of everything. I still don't understand. They well, s- they see me once a week. Well, Jeremy's got a thin candy shell of civility on him. So that also is true. They can sense it, is what you're saying. Yeah, the thin they shell. Sense that. The thin shell of civility is uh, seen right through by cats. They have X-ray vision through that sort of thing. Very very if true. You, uh, if you can guess the name of this episode, Kevin, I'll give you five hundred dollars. <laughs> Well, it and if you even, caused it, me to give it a little more thought. And if you even come close to it. I'll give you $100. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll add a hundo to Cones it. of Dunshire. I've already, <laughs> no, I've already lost a hundo to you. That's true. That's true. Curling. Oh, you did. <laughs> Literally lost $100 to Kevin. He thought it would take me. He thought I couldn't do it in 100? Yes, no do chance. What? Do what? Oh, get it like right in the middle. Put the rock Put on, right in the on middle. On the rock. He yeah, had 100 tries. How I was like. What did it take? 24? 27. Yeah. I'm an athlete. That's doable. Come on. I'm an athlete. I had to ice recover Normatech afterwards, but it, I got it done for the. Oh, the Normatech that is sent to no, the we don't live. Have it anymore. I had to send I it back. Wait, you had to ice in Normatech. So another sport where you might not think about it, but you're going to be really sore. You know, Jared. You Jared Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Is trying to make the Olympics in curling. In curling. Oh. Awesome. Former defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings. It was. I'm not lie, It was a lot of fun. I really yeah, enjoyed I'd it. Love, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd really enjoyed it. it. I love the idea of curling. I would. It was. It, it was really fun. Now watching it on TV, different story. But participating in it, I really enjoyed it. Trust I, me, if you're trapped in Europe, you'll watch it. I love watching on TV. Yeah, if you're trapped in Europe and all you got is Eurosport, you'll get into it. I'm just saying, for me. You'll shout at the rock. You'll say, oh, that's a beautiful rock. Get in the hole. It's going to be your favorite sport, Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy, I hear they need a good DJ at the Winter Olympics for curling. Sure. He's in. He's right. in. Just like that, he's bought. Actually, uh, some of the guys that I know from another podcast that's now defunct, but some other coaches were in Minneapolis this year, of course, for the Final Four, and they wanted to go to curling. Mm. They tried to get in, and they discovered the same thing we have. It is really difficult to yeah. get into curling. It's super popular. Yeah. Um, I like how Mark is now blocking me again, so you can't see me on no, the No, nobody knows who you are. Um, I'm still here, though. I'll speaking put, of locations. I'll push me over there. Where is our, <laughs> where is our sitting this year? Where are we playing? Where's Nationals? Columbus. Okay. Mm. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually in. So I know you are. Kevin was tra- – after we won, he's like, oh, I don't have to play anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. And then he was trying to get out of it, and I told everybody on our team on a group text, like, just publicly shame Kevin. Call into the show, <laughs> comment on his Instagram page. Like, just because he says no now. Like, I understand you want to be – I understand your reasons. You want to be with your family. It's a holiday weekend. I get all I of travel enough. Reasons. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I 100% get it. I just he just, he tries to do the oh, I'm gonna do the L way. I'm like cool. You have to win two <laughs> to do the L way. Exactly what I discovered. I've yeah, gotten the history. L way wasn't just a one off. He went back to back Super Bowls and then retired. So if we win so another win gold, year, if we win another gold, I don't want to hear it. I'm out. Yeah. You can, I'll replace myself with Reese. He's better anyway. I never gave you crap. 
except for when you tried to use the Elway as your excuse. I was like, well, that's just <laughs> not a – that's, yeah, that's yeah. not – you are incorrect, sir. You Factually cannot, incorrect. Yeah. Wait, the Peyton? Did Peyton do that? He didn't go back-to-back Super Bowls. No, what I'm saying, you could have used that as an example because didn't he win one and then retire? I think he won with Denver. He's and won two. But he, well, I know, but his I'm last one. His he last didn't one. win the last one, though. The defense won the last one. He well, Elway sucked. didn't – well, he won yeah, the he last did. one. Elway was still good. He was a – Bigger part of the Elway, Elway was still really good. Peyton was not. And Elway True. is maybe the worst GM in the NFL since Matt Millen right now. Whoa, harsh. Yeah. Matt Millen, horrific for the Lions. John Elway, almost as bad for the Broncos. Like anything, just because you're a really good player doesn't mean you're good at business. He can't even find a quarterback. Apparently, he can't grade quarterbacks. What are, what are your expectations, though, when you're John Elway and you're like, hmm, is that quarterback any good? Like, I, I mean... How do you he like? It's Paxton like, Lynch was going to be unbelievable. Look, it's like Karch coaching the, the women's team. I don't like Karch is at that level where how do you not expect that from the team that you're coaching all the time? I think sure. that is a sure. more difficult thing to do than trying to you know than be like, well, you guys just aren't as good as me, and now you're out. <laughs> yeah, that's and not not saying that Karch didn't work hard. For what he became as a player, I think he worked incredibly hard. One hundred, all yeah. of the, like oh, all yeah. of those athletes. If you look at Karch, Karch is not the most physically gifted volleyball player in the history of the game. Karch is a guy who has gifts for sure. One hundred percent. But Karch is a guy who worked and maximized yeah. what he had, and he was so smart at the, the game, the too. mental side. For exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. not. He's not a physical freak in the way so many other guys are. No, but all those guys were like, and it's not a secret. You hear anybody like, "Oh, how'd you get good?" I just worked at it. Like Jordan worked at it, Kobe worked at it, LeBron works. They're all working at it, right? right? It's not like they don't practice and then just go out. Oh, I'm great, right? So, and those, going from a player to the business side of things, it's a completely different skill. Whether you're a 100%. GM or a coach, like one hundred percent, you're not playing. <laughs> we, you don't control the. We may or may not have addressed volleyball players in a business setting at some point recently on the show. Yeah, I did read the uh, Leonard Armando statement. Yeah. Regarding the lawsuit. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Did anybody talk about it? Or we just read it? Well, we, we, I just read it. Yeah. We, I mean, we briefly mentioned it and said there were some choice phrases in there I found interesting, but, you know, it's it's one less drama piece that's going on currently in the world of volleyball. Yeah. There was some dubious stuff in there. Yeah, but fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's all kinds of lawyer stuff. I would just appreciate if you would get my jokes two days later on the text chain. In regards to volleyball matters. I would appreciate that, Jeremy. I just want you and anybody else. I have multiple, a few other friends, Asian Rich, go. that does Here this. If you and I are having a conversation right I, now, I have Mark, to send an addendum. like a, In it, two days, if you <laughs> reference the conversation we're having right now without anything in between, I am not going to know what we're talking about because a bazillion things have happened between this moment right now to two days when you reference what we're talking about currently. You know why? Because Jeremy lives in the moment, man. He lives in the moment. He is that present. Is, he is present right here. As soon as I walk out this door, I'm going to forget everything about the net live <laughs> and could care less. I will have people, they will literally text me listening to the show during the week Yeah, and reference something I just said and like text me like I'm saying it live at that exact moment and I'm like, what are we, what are you talking about? What oh, the net the live. I'm like, what part of, where, when did I say that on the show? Because I'm now, I'm now even more confused. Yeah. What, what is the title of the show? Next level pullability. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> Way to lay the 500. You could have put 500 grand I know, out I could there. Have put more, uh, you yeah, almost yeah. walked away with 600 today. <laughs> or you had the opportunity to walk away with 600. Yeah. Next level p- 
pullability. Pullability. Are we talking about monkey bread from Bishop's Bakery? We are that is next level yeah. pull. Cinnamon pull away? Yeah. We're yeah. talking about uh, pulling off of the net as a blocker. We, oh. we came up with, actually, Sarah Pavin, she's the one that said it. She's the one that level. said it. Oh, great. We had the rocket scientist in here today. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to oh, be awesome. She's, she's legit smart. Yeah. She graduated with a 4.0 yeah. while being a four time first team. Well, was it? It's in like microbiology yeah. or engineering I think it's or biochem. something. Biochem. Yeah, I something believe that's like that, right. Yeah. 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 Smart kid. We should have had well, like a woman, science no. fair project, like a exploding volcano or something on the table while she was here. Analyze this reaction, go. Correct. Yeah. That we should have had the makings of a science project and had her build oh, the science project yeah. as we yeah. as we spoke to her. It would have been great. Yeah. You have a bottle of glue. All these toothpicks <laughs> make a bridge. It must hold Jeremy. <laughs> so, how's playing on the beach? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have to listen to the show. See what Sarah said. It was a good right. interview. It was. That. No. I'll do that. Cool. Well, that's it. That's the Net Live. Uh, it's the shortest show I've ever participated in. It was great. Good job. Don't make it a habit because sitting in this chair is just—it just feels weird. I feel more responsibility. I didn't do anything differently. I just feel more responsible sitting in this chair than I would have if I sat over there. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah, sure. Just being the tech guy is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week ish. I don't know. We'll confirm. I haven't looked at my calendar. It'll be fine. I don't know. Mark, thanks for coming. I'm probably. Thanks, Mark will probably be back. Sweet. Cool. Come on, finally.